Good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would probably make me Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Hope you had a good weekend. I actually had a day off. Like a day with nothing. Nothing. Went hiking yesterday with the kids. The bummer about that is I forgot to take Ezekiel Elliott out of my lineup. And and I'm going to lose because of it. That's cool. But other than that, it was a great day. I uh, had, uh, had a lovely dinner with the Proctors. Although I hear it didn't go so well for them. I, this is a very awkward bit. We went uh, we went, we went, went out last night. And then uh, later in the evening, John Proctor's like, hey, uh, how you guys feeling over there? We're feeling great. We're feeling fine. Huh. Weird. Not us. Dicey. Dicey. Now I'm paranoid about it. Now I feel like at any moment I'm going to get just get like food poisoning is going to set in. Like, I'm going to be in the middle of a conversation today with Jeff Perlman. I'll be like, so Jeff. Very paranoid about that. Gotcha. So I should be on the lookout for that as well, I guess? I don't I think mean, so. I feel fine. Well, am I in the splash zone? I mean. Oh, no, no. You're okay. way over there. God. You're good. It's a very weird bit. I don't know what to make of it. Not great. And I feel bad about it, but um, <laughs> we had a great dinner, so. <laughs> A uh, lovely weekend. Lovely weekend. Uh, we will. Uh, we have a lot to do on the program today. We're going to talk some Ravens. Jonah Schaefer from the Baltimore Sun. As I mentioned, Jeff Perlman, one of uh, the great American sports writers of uh, modern times. His newest book is about one Bo Jackson. It's called The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. And uh, it is available right now. And um, I- I'm working my way through. I did jump around a little bit like I was uh, in House of Pain. I did jump around slightly within this book, but it is a lengthy, lengthy read. And by lengthy, I mean like 500 pages. So it, it's going to take me a while, but I have enjoyed it immensely in the uh, backstory. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you when Jeff Perlman joins us. It's a backstory story of my actual involvement, which is extraordinarily minimal. I want to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> Could not be less relevant, but it's uh, it's cool for me. So um, we'll talk to Jeff Perlman about that as well. It's also Monday, so of course, as he does every Monday, Jeremy Kahn will check in with us. That's all coming up on the program today. Um, I want to get in today. Oh, by the way, today's show is also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You will see it in action once again this Sunday. The Ravens return home, and you have the opportunity to go experience and sample the cooking from the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. If you stop by the game day firehouse at the Firefighters Union Hall, 1202 Ridgely Street, just west of the stadium, not only can you sample the cooking, you can register to win your own Ginsu Kamado Grill as well as $500 worth of grilling meats. As always, use the code TAILGATE at GinsuGrills.com and you'll save $100 when you order your own the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for grilling, smoking, baking, searing, all kinds of food. GinsuGrills.com. The, ca- the t- code is tailgate to save $100. Um, we're going to do first half pats on the ass and slaps to the helmet today. We're going to do both lists. So make sure when you tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio with your list, you identify which list is which. Right? I mean, I, I think we'll be able to tell. Like, I feel like if you put Justin Tucker on your list, we're not going to think that it's your slaps to the helmet. I think we'll be able to tell, but I would still go ahead and do it. So, again, it's for the totality of the first nine games of the season. 
both lists still have to play by pats on the ass and slaps the helmet rules. They must include at least two at least two offensive players, at least two defensive players. The fifth, as always, can be anyone you like. Another offensive player, another defensive player, special teams player, or a coach. As always, you will rank them from five to one, with number one being your man of the half, or your Ravens MVP, or on the, the flip side, your anti-MVP. It's not hard. I believe in you. I know you can do it. Now, some of you, you decide to make it more difficult than it needs to be. I'll never understand that, but that is your choice. And that is the beautiful thing about this country is you have that option. You can screw it up if you'd like, but we're not going to share it. We're going to call you a cheater. That's the way that it goes. So cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Um, so that's that's the, the very simple concept. Pats on the ass, slaps to the helmet for the entirety of of the Ravens' first half of the season, get us your lists at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will share them out. As far as um, a couple things that jump out at me, I, I had this moment this morning where the absurdity of how we treat league MVP jumped back out at me again. I, I knew it would be coming. I knew that after the Vikings beat the Bills yesterday, because I actually heard it. I'm trying to think of what I was listening to. I was listening to something on the radio after the game was over. A national show, I want to say. And they were the guys were on there like, well, maybe we need to start considering Kirk Cousins an MVP conversation. And, and as much as we snicker at that, I mean, we have to acknowledge the Vikings are, I mean, they have one loss. They just beat the Bills. Like, I understand the reason. And the secondary part of the reason is because we only allow quarterbacks to be considered for MVP. It's this hilarious bit that we do, and we've been doing for years, where we've just decided if you're not a quarterback, you don't get to be MVP. There's no way. And we, we justify it by saying things like, well, you know, how, how could they be? How could anybody else? The quarterback is the most, most involved no one is more involved in the football game than the quarterback is. So by definition of the word valuable, who could possibly be more valuable to a team than the quarterback is? It's reasonable, I guess. But as I pointed out that year with Stefan Diggs, it's also patently absurd. The first year that Stefan Diggs arrived in Buffalo, he should have been the MVP of the NFL because we all saw what the Bills were the year before. And then we saw what they were the year after. And there's one thing that changed. The arrival of Stefan Diggs. I would walk in. I would say, hey, did you guys watch the team last year? You guys see their numbers? You see their record? You see all those things? Okay. And you, you saw them this year, right? Yeah. Well, one, one thing changed. So where do I pick up my MVP trophy? We all watched the game yesterday. We all saw the same thing. Justin Jefferson won the football game. Justin Jefferson was by far the best player on the field. There are, I understand that we are prone to hyperbole. I understand that we are prone to recency bias. But the people that are suggesting that's the greatest catch in NFL history, they might be right. It's hard. There have been a lot of great catches in NFL history. I don't know how many of them were greater. I don't know how many of them had the stakes that that catch had. 
fourth and 18, game on the line against one of the best teams in football. I don't know that there is a better catch in the history of football than the one that Justin Jefferson made yesterday. But it's so far beyond that. It goes back to every conversation we ever have. My guy Cy was tweeting me about it yesterday. Really weird how this works. How we keep living in this fantasy world where the wide receiver position doesn't matter, despite the fact that literally every ounce of evidence we have couldn't scream it any louder at us. He made nine catches yesterday. Next gen stats. I saw, saw, I saw yeah, this. He made nine catches under fifty per, with under fifty percent. I'm sure he shouldn't be the MVP. <laughs> I'm sure we should just again thoughtlessly, brainlessly continue to say it's the quarterback and not consider the impact of that. Not consider how having wide receivers has drastically changed Tua Tungavailoa in Miami. On the flip side, how not having wide receivers has drastically changed Justin Herbert with the Chargers. It's insane. We're the dumbest people alive when it comes to talking about wide receivers. They're, it's, it's so insanely important, and yet we keep doing this. Now, I get it. I think... Most of us in Baltimore are very disappointed by the fact that the Baltimore Ravens have continuously failed to figure out how wide receiver works. And again, I don't know. Maybe they'll figure out a way to survive it this season. I can't see the future. It seems unlikely, but who knows? Maybe we'll get to the end of the year and we'll look up and they'll have ran their way and one of these guys will have stepped up enough and I, I, I don't know. If I was a betting man, they probably won't. But I can't say it's impossible. What, what do we learn from Kevin Garnett? Impossible is nothing. Look at you. Look at you. Picking up on an old bit. Um, I, I'm in a weird place. I'm in a weird place because I just keep seeing it constantly. I keep constantly seeing the value of the wide receiver position. And how drastically it changes everything. Everything. And then it's tough to come back to a place where they continue to seemingly devalue it. That's a it's a it's a it's a rough feeling. And I mean it when I talk I I guess by the way, I don't even know who the favorite is to be in the NFL MVP at the moment. Like I I guess it's probably still Josh Allen. I assume that that, you know, even though he threw, I mean, the last two weeks have been rough with the red zone disasters. I still assume that he's probably the MVP favorite just because he's Josh Allen. It is no longer Josh Allen. It is no longer Josh Allen. It's flipped over to Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Mahomes and then Jalen Hurts and then Josh Allen. I guess you could say that because Mahomes has the least at wide receiver of those guys, that's why you know he gets the he, he gets the nod. And you know Patrick Mahomes, if he wins MVP, I, I'm not gonna be mad about it. But it's unbelievable to me that we can't at least talk about someone who plays another position. The first non-quarterback that comes up on the list on Fanduel, Tyree Kill, seventy-five to one. There's a great argument for Tyreek Hill, by the way. He won't win it, but there's an argument for it. There might be a better argument for Justin Jefferson, who doesn't show up until 
13th on the list at 100 to 1 odds. Same odds as Daniel Jones. I mean, come on. No offense to Daniel Jones. He's played well. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to trash Daniel Jones. He's been fine. But this is, and, I, and I'm not, it's not FanDuel's fault. All they can do is reflect the way this works. It's the absurdity of how we're, we, we refuse to consider the value of other positions and what it does. And again, somebody's going to say, well, what, you know, what about the best linebacker? It's fine. Have those conversations all you want. I'm not. This one is particularly hilarious. Because we have multiple layers of evidence of how much this position impacts everything, and yet we just don't want to talk about it. That was, it was infuriating for me thinking about it, considering that. Otherwise, I mean, and also considering picks, otherwise a pretty decent day of sitting around watching football, a couple of overtime games. I mean, like, it was an entertaining day of football, I'm still not sure how good the football is. Like, this game, for the most part, was very good. There was the disasters. I mean, the, the, we have to conclude the fact that the Vikings still needed an absolute miracle. I mean, if Josh Allen could just fall forward, the game's over. It's weird the way we discuss it. I, I, I'm not trying to say that results don't matter. Results matter. And they were matter in particular... In particular, for how you set up for the postseason. But the results don't really, like, I don't, I understand the Vikings won the game on the road. I'm not certain that I can tell you that I think the Vikings are better than the Bills. Aaron Schatz tweeted about, can you pull up Aaron Schatz's Twitter? Because he tweeted about this, that even, like, the post-game win expectancy which is always interesting to me because it was why it was the football outsiders, despite the fact that the Ravens were 3-3 three and three a few weeks ago, still had the Ravens as being the third best team in the league. And we were all like, really? Like, what? what is that? And the way he attempted to explain it is, independent of the results, the actual things that occurred in the game, who did we expect won the football game? You have the tweet? I believe so, yes. Okay. So they ha- so after the game, so 98.6% post-game win expect- expectancy. What, what was it? Say it again. 98.6. 98.6. So based on like the splits of the game, they expect Buffalo to win over 98% of the time in that situation and, with those and stats. And that's probably about right. I mean, that's that's the reality. Now, I get it. it doesn't, you don't go back and change it. You don't go back and say, well, because of that, credit Buffalo with the win instead of Minnesota. That's not how football works. It's not how anything works. That's not how any of this works. But it matters. It, it does matter in how we look at a team. You want a couple of people trying to come for Josh Allen yesterday. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what. If the Bills want to go ahead and ship Josh Allen off, I think literally just about everybody else in the NFL would be happy to have him. I mean, my God. You're doing the bit where nobody's good. If anybody ever makes a mistake, they're not good. Trust me, it was a bad interception. It was terrible. I mean, I have no idea what he thought he saw. It was wretched. A wretched interception. But come on, man. What are we doing? Um, it was a lovely, lovely day. Lovely day of watching football. Had a lovely... Um, I think everybody who went to Navy Notre Dame was probably entertained. 
I think that um, it was a bummer that Navy fell behind by so much that ultimately even a stirring comeback in the second half. I'm right about Navy today, by the way, at PressBoxOnline.com. Even a stirring second-half comeback could not, you know, save them, was not quite enough. I'm glad there was major college football being played in Baltimore. I want more of those. I know there we do have a, a future Army-Navy game on the slate for Baltimore. I, I like it. It's neat when... In a city that doesn't really embrace college football, which is a sport that I love, it was just neat that it felt like college football mattered for a day in Baltimore. And that's, that's you know, a selfish thing. I get it. It's, it's an esoteric thing. It's, it's irrelevant. But it was just a neat feeling that people cared about college football, football in some sort of way. And it was neat that, you know, it ended up being kind of a thriller when it was all said and done as uh, Navy made a stirring comeback but ultimately fell short. Uh, nothing thrilling about Maryland on Saturday. I, I don't I'm not I'm not really fully prepared to have a big picture conversation yet about Maryland. Um I I I need to go ahead and let these last couple of weeks play out. I I said before the year that I, I thought that taking the next step with them being be, being competitive or more competitive in these games against some of the monsters in the league. Now, of course, they beat Michigan State, but Michigan State's not one of the monsters of the league this year. They were very competitive against Michigan. That's one game. And then they got skull-dragged in back-to-back weeks by Wisconsin and Penn State. They were non-competitive whatsoever. If that continues next week against Ohio State, I don't know what to say. Like, the most practical scenario for Maryland football is they get blown out by Ohio State next week. By the way, I need you this Saturday. Just a a quick plug. Our friend A.J. Francis, who you know from uh, Jobbing Out, former Terp, uh, Anne Arundel County native, long time in the NFL. Now he is a WWE wrestler. He is uh, known as Top Dalla as part of Hit Row on uh, Friday Night SmackDown. And we've been doing this now, I guess, I, I didn't realize it's been six years, six years that we've been doing a canned food drive um, for AJ and the Francis Sports Academy, and we're doing it again this Saturday at the Maryland-Ohio State game. I get it. It's the, the, the wind's out of the sails a little bit for Maryland football, but you want to come down, see one of the best teams in the country, and see if Maryland, you know, once upon a time, nearly shocked Ohio State a few years back. We need you to bring your non-perishable food items with you to the game. Need you to. So I'll be there collecting. I don't know which gate I'll be at. AJ will be there collecting. You want to meet one of the stars of WWE? You got a kid in your family who's a huge wrestling fan. You're going to have the opportunity to meet Top Dollar from WWE on Saturday before the game. We need you to bring your non-perishables to benefit Sarah's house at Fort Meade this Saturday to the Maryland-Ohio State game. Please come join us. And I... I'm just not there yet. I don't have a deep thought to have. I get there. When the season's over. I'm, I'm going to have more of an ability to reflect on all of it. I promise. But I'm just not there yet with Maryland football. Not quite. I, 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 I promise I'll get there. Just not fully sure how I feel about it at the moment. I do know, again, this Saturday. This Saturday, very important. Sixth annual, AJ Francis, canned food drive. Come down. Your boy will be freezing. I 
of course it will be miserable. Did I see snow in the forecast at one point this week? Of course it's going to be miserable. I Why would I think they've be? been saying that, yeah. God. I don't know when, but layer up. Bring out your non-perishable food items this Saturday. I'll be there with AJ Francis. We'll be collecting your non-perishables for Sarah's house. Please come down to the Maryland Ohio State game. Even if you say, "Glenn, I don't need to witness a slaughter. I'm good." Just stop by beforehand. Maybe enjoy a nice tailgate. Go home afterwards. <laughs> I don't I don't I understand. The more important part is we need your non-perishable food food items to uh Help out Sarah's house, so please come down as uh, AJ and I and, and his family. We will be collecting them on Saturday at the Maryland-Ohio State game. All right, uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little Ravens coming out of the bye. Joining us now, one of our favorites, he, of course, Baltimore Ravens beat writer for the Baltimore Sun. He is our buddy, Mr. Jonas Schaefer, and he's with us now here on GCR. Jonas, what's going on, pal? How are you? Good morning, man. How's it going? Everything's all right. Uh, you able to do anything? You get away at all? No, I just slept a lot, watched some Dairy Girls, normal. Is that, normal wait, stuff. Wait, wait. Are, you, are you a big Dairy Girls guy? Is that it? Love, I love Dairy Girls. I didn't know that. All right, sell me on Dairy Girls. I've never watched. Uh, uh, I'm interested in the time period, which I think is cool. And it's just good dialogue, great characters, uh, easy to binge. I, I, I cried in the first season finale, cried in the second season finale, and I'm working my way through the third and final season right now. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to All see right. just how many tears I'm going to shed. All right. I, I, I can't, there's a small part of me that thought at first you might be doing shtick, but I think you're actually selling me on this. That no. Like you legitimately. No. It's I'm, a very, very funny show. All right. I'm, I'm, I am willing. I am willing to give a look. See, I'm willing to take a look. All right. Um, I'm going to ask you the question that I've been trying to figure out an answer to, and I know there's no actual answer to it. Right. But I just want to have a discussion. The Ravens play really well over the last six quarters. The last two games, they have dominated time of possession over 38 minutes uh, average between these last two games against the Buccaneers and Saints. They've gotten back to what we, I think we thought their identity is supposed to be when you have a Greg Roman offense. The question eternally is the same thing. Is this good enough to beat the best teams in the AFC as you get to the end of the season and into the postseason? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I think there's potential there, but again, without Rashad Bateman, there are a lot of questions. I think, I think that's, that's obvious. It's just, you know, you look around the league, you look around football in general, you see that it is indeed possible to be a juggernaut offensively with, you know, not a whole lot wide receiver. You know, Georgia won national title last year without a whole lot of wide receiver. Um, you know, George Pickens hardly played for them. They're rolling right now, despite not having much beyond Glad McConkey and a couple of stud tight ends, which is of course kind of similar to what the Ravens have there. But they also have yeah, they have a forty year old quarterback that's defense. That 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 yeah, helps. It, it it helps when you can you can pull a guy in who's thirty seven to play quarterback. Right. And, and they also just ha- have a you know, they also have a defense that's elite and we think the Ravens can get there, but we don't know. So, you know, again, you go into the playoffs and I think we're all assuming that the Ravens are going to get there uh, probably with, you know, a top four seed. And it just comes about, it becomes about, you know, matchups and, and, you know, what, what kind of, you know, how many, how many times the ball will bounce your way. And obviously that hasn't happened. The, the Ravens, uh, you know, the Ravens favor the past couple of years, 
Um, it happened against Tennessee, but even that was kind of a struggle. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see just what changes they, they think uh, they need to make. It's going to be interesting to see you know, if they made anything too gradual and anything too uh, grand in terms of just the scope of their offense. I doubt we'll have to see it this weekend because they, I think, are favored by 13 points against right. Carolina. So why bother showing your hand in any kind of way against a terrible, terrible team like that? But yeah, I'm, I definitely have serious questions about about what this passing offense can look like with you know a wide receiver two, wide receiver two and a half, mass readings or wide receiver one. I feel like this is like it's also part of the conversation. To your point, like this question that we're asking, we're not even going to be able to get the answer until they actually get to the end of the season because the schedule doesn't shape up for them to play anyone that can be sort of a measuring stick between now and then. I, I We'll see what Cleveland is when they get Deshaun Watson on the field. I don't know what to make of that, but it it, it really is. And, I'm boy, this is the NFL. You never know what goofy things might happen in the NFL. we got to say all those things. But it doesn't shape up that there's going to be a game between now and then that's even going to give us a better feel for, okay, if they can do this against insert team name here, then maybe they really can do this when they get to the postseason. Yeah, I think I would push back on that a little bit only because there are going to be individual tests or schematic tests or group tests that I think are useful bellwethers. Like, you know, obviously Denver having lost uh, Bradley Chubb is not the same defense that it was before the trade deadline. But still, that defense, I think, entered week 10 with like the best uh, or the second best defense in the NFL if you just look at DVOA. So, that is a useful barometer, I think, for, for what this passing offense can be. Um, obviously, it's going to still come a long, long way from the postseason, and I don't know how many secondaries in the final, let's say, month of the regular season are going to be a, you know, a, a useful, uh, again, barometer for, for what they might face in the postseason. But there are still going to be some teams here and there just based on their talent or based on – certain positional groups or certain schemes that, that would be useful for the Ravens, even if, you know, let's say the Ravens are double-digit favorites in like six of the final eight games coming up. That's fair. That is fair. Look, I, I get that. Um, I, I, I still don't know, even if they perform well in those games, it's going to give us extraordinary confidence that they say, well, they can definitely do this against, you know, the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I, I, I still think that'll be tough to translate. Jonas Schaefer is with us. You, you said something in there, Jonas, that I, I, I'm struggling with too, which is I think – that what we saw defensively as part of this dominance in the last two games is maybe them moving towards being a really dominant unit. There's also the part of me that says, hey, but it was the Buccaneers and the Saints. And I know the Buccaneers have, have certainly played much better um, over the last game and drive of their season. I'm, I'm still right. not sure yet what to make of. Do you, do you independently say, you know, ignore this, you're, you're overreacting to two games against lesser opponents, or do you say, hey, look, the totality of what was already a strong secondary that's still slated to get Marcus Williams back, now J Justin Houston playing out of his mind, um, you know, one of the best stories in the NFL, and the addition of Roquan Smith, they really do have a chance to become a truly dominant type of defense. Yeah, I just think that we need, you know, for as much as we talked about how talented the secondary is, the first half of the season left a lot of room for improvement. You know, after that Saints game, just had some time in the airport, just, you know, kind of killing some hours waiting for my flight by just looking at how they are doing on, you know, pretty much every kind of imaginable big picture, 
structure. So, you know, looked at their EPA per dropback, you know, against man coverage, against zone coverage, against single high cells, uh, you know, two high cells, basically seeing what this defense is good at in, in past defense. And they were not terrible at any one thing, but they were not good at anything. So, you know, they, they, they couldn't, they, they didn't do a whole lot with single high stuff despite being, you know, having Marcus Williams in there right. for, for a good amount of time. I think a lot of this is skewed by the Miami game, but still it's, it's not something that you can just throw out entirely. You know, uh, they, 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 they've struggled with, you know, quarters coverage. They, they've struggled with, with cover two. Um, they've, they've struggled with, you know, when they try to blitz players, uh, quarterbacks, they struggle when they haven't tried to blitz quarterbacks. And, you know, a, a lot of that is just Marcus Peters not being the, the kind of pro bowl level form that we saw before he tore his ACL last year. A lot of it is Pepe Williams getting picked on routinely in the Ravens, maybe not until recently with the version of Carl Hamilton having an answer for that nickel spot. Um, you know, we've seen some tackling issues. Uh, we've seen, you know, a surprising thing is that they are kind of as bad as they, uh, they are as bad against deep shots as they are against kind of screen passes, which is not a recipe for success. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL at giving up some of these big plays. Uh, but, you know, if you have a pass rush, that's a markedly better unit than it was to start the season, then that's going to cover up a lot of holes. You know, we, we've seen the chiefs, for instance, not have great secondaries over the past couple of years, but, able to make it work because, you know, Frank Clark is revved up. Chris Jones is revved up. They sure. get creative with their, with their, with their play calling and stuff like that. So I think the Ravens are in line for some positive regression there in the secondary, especially if, and when Marcus Peters, you know, get some time off to, to get healthy. And maybe that was the bye week And obviously, uh, you know, Marcus Williams coming back would be a, a big, big help, even though I don't think there's a, <laughs> a huge room for improvement over Geno Stone is really, really playing extremely well right now. But it doesn't hurt to have the, to have the depth there. And I think, again, this bye week will be an opportunity for the coaching staff to, to see what they can do better and, and try to, try to you know, work, that over, work that out over these next couple of weeks. Can you explain the Justin Houston thing? Like, can you I, – I, it's so unbelievable to me. If it weren't for, for Geno Smith, it, it might be the best story in football all season. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of it is – just him being able to be in the right place at the right time. And that's going to sound like a slight, but it isn't. He's just, you know, they, they set up a lot of stuff, you know, with these pass rush games for him and he's able to do a great, great job of it. I mean, if you go back and watch the, his, his, his sack montage against New Orleans, you know, one of it was just, you know, one of the sacks is Patrick Queen beating the Saints poor, poor right guard and Justin Houston being there to clean him up. Uh, another one is Patrick Queen, again, mowing, you know, just throwing himself into the Saints left guard, who Justin Houston is kind of technically working against, and that freeing up Justin Houston to, to go and get Andy Dalton. Uh, and then I think that the final one was obviously him meeting Calais Campbell at the quarterback on what right. was probably his best pass rush of the night. And so it's a little bit ironic that his best, best pass rush only gets record with Havasak because Calais Campbell meets him there at the same time. But right. he, he, he is a guy who, who is you know, I think very, very flexible. He can be, you know, left tackles off the edge with, with speed and power rushes. But we've also seen uh, this, you know, in, in recent weeks and last year that they're able to line him up over left guards and right guards. And I think we'll probably continue to see that with them getting more and more of these talented pass rushers back and just be flexible with, with how they use him. And, you know, uh, 
if, if they have, if you have someone as strong and as quick and as technically sound as Justin Houston, it's a lot easier to beat in these interior linemen than it is to beat a, in an offensive tackle. So it's really incredible. He obviously came in in incredible shape, and um, this pass rush is marked markedly better with him on the field than without. Oh, there's no question about that. It's been unbelievable. Um, let, let me let me fo- phrase this one this way, Jonas. You mentioned Marcus Peters and and you know if he can rest up and and what he might look like. But can you give me another player or two that you think their you know second half could be particularly significant in determining what the Ravens are you know when they get to the postseason? Someone who still has room to grow or play better or maybe who's played over their heads, like one or two other players who maybe are pivotal could be swing players, their performance, um, as far as what this team is capable of achieving the rest of the way. That's a good question. Uh, I guess, I guess I would say maybe Morgan Moses, just as part of the, the larger framework. I think we, I think he's like top 10 and pass for being a pass block win rate at this point on ESPN. And we've seen him, be a menace on some of these pulls, but I think just him being part of the larger picture of this offensive line, taking that step into elite status. I think the really interesting thing to, to look for going forward is just, can this offense be good when they don't have to have six or seven pass protectors in uh, on every drop back. And I would say it's not every drop back that they rely on that kind of protection. But if you remember Glenn back in 2019, the, the most devastating part of that offense wasn't that just they could mow people over when they got into, you know, 12 personnel or 21 personnel or 13 personnel or just all these heavy fullback tight end heavy formations. But when they spread things out, either because they wanted to change a pace or because they had to, because it was third and eight, they were the best offense in the league. Yeah. And right now they are very, very clearly not. I think, you know, this is another thing I looked up after that New Orleans game. I think Lamar with, with, five eligible receivers, which is obviously the most that you can send out into the mix was like, you know, in the 23rd to 24th, 24th range in the NFL. And it's kind of surprising again, because of how, you know, how effective he is as a scrambler and just how, how good the, the, um, the protection has been for much of the season. So that's another candidate for positive regression, you know, like even though the Ravens don't have a superhuman amount of receiver talent there uh, to maybe make things easier for Lamar, they also didn't in 2019. And maybe even if some of that was situational with the Ravens getting, you know, third and threes and we're going to spread you out, you'd expect that with the rushing offense being what it is, they'd get those those similarly kind of favorable matchups. So mm. I, I'm curious to see just, you know, if the Ravens can trust this offensive line to hold up with all the pass rush games, with, with all the, you know, big bad dudes on the, on the schedule coming up, um, that I think that's going to be a huge, huge part of this, this, this offense would work because we know that Ronnie Stanley is already back to his all pro form. No we feel pretty good about Tyler Linderbaum, you know, ramping things up, even though he's had some struggles over the middle. So uh, I think Morgan Moses is going to be a huge, huge part of this, this offense after what was like a frustrating early couple of weeks, I think for him. I think it's really well said. I, for some reason, James Prochet's name jumps out to me as we're, we, maybe we'll start and wrap with wide receiver. Yeah. I understand it. I, and, and so maybe the better point is like, what, what more could Demarcus Robinson offer, you know, like maybe that's the better. I just, yeah. I just feel like if there's anyone that it still feels like there's talent there, and if and and should be opportunity that could change things, that would be the guy, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, we've seen him have this 
route running skill, and uh, we've seen him get open as recently as training camp. And, you know, I think the Ravens are going to continue to see a lot of man-to-man coverage when Lamar's back there because that way you can blitz them. That way you don't have to worry too much about, you know, guys finding the soft spots in zone, some, you know, like a Mark Andrews who just does that so, so well. So right. it would help to have a, a route technician like James Prochet who can, you know, shake off bigger, faster cornerbacks. But, um, you know, just the production, the, I, the auto, uh, you know, catch or two every game just hasn't been there. I completely understand. I, 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 I understand why you sort of say at some point it's just not going to happen. Uh, at Jonas underscore Schaefer is how you follow him, of course, the Baltimore Sun, baltimoresun.com to see all of his stuff. Um, is there anything I can plug for you other than the, the newest season of Dairy Girls? I think I'm good, Glenn. I'm gonna, I think, uh, I'm obviously, gonna, uh, I'm happy that you're, uh, I'm happy that you're encouraging people to I'm going to watch. Go to I'm, this is, games. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm happy that you're encouraging people to go to Maryland football games. <laughs> Dude. Dude, I don't know that I'm going to stick hey, around for the it game. Not, it was not long ago that, uh, that, uh, that Mr. Ty, Tyrell Pigram almost <laughs> it happened. Right? I, Jonas, I'm not, I'm not swearing that I'm sticking around for the game on Saturday. Yeah. It's bad, man. It's going to be a lot of red there. It's going to be a lot of it's yeah. going to be a lot of Ohio State. It's going to be a lot of that. It's what it is. It's what it is. But please support uh, AJ and his canned food drive. He's a good man doing good things. All right, buddy. Uh, pre- appreciate you as always, my friend. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk again soon. All right. It's- Thanks, Glenn. Take care, bud. Jonas Schaefer from the Baltimore Sun checking in with us here on GCR. All right. Um, hey, I've been trying to tell you for a while, but online sports betting is starting in Maryland. And by the way, news today, they've bumped up the date for the meeting a couple of days. It might be here before Thanksgiving, which is next week. It's coming. And PressBox is your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting now, you can get $300 in pre-registration credit plus other incentives by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Just go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now to get $300 worth of pre-registration bonus credits. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. When we come back in, we are going to recap the weekend in picks, and we'll begin with... Our first half slaps. We'll do that first. Not as in, dude, that first half slapped. As, all right, it's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 15th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. It's the holiday season. Uh, Holiday season. Not bad. Not bad, Griffin. I like it when you play along. It is the holiday season. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal... Then try Chick-fil-A catering from Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese. Enjoy a variety of tray options. Size perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. <sighs> Let's talk about picks. I don't want to. <laughs> By the way, in most weeks this season, going four and five would be great. Not this week. Not this week. Picks recap is brought to you, or just a reminder that Stan the Fan Charles, actually big show, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley coming up a little bit later on today are going to be joined by Dan Duquette. Perhaps you've heard of him. 6 o'clock tonight, facebook.com slash Sports. You can check out Stan, Ross, and Dan Duquette. Probably getting Dan's ideas about what the uh, the Orioles could, should do this offseason. season. Be interesting to hear what he has to say. You'll want to be tuned in tonight at 6 at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. All right, uh, picks recap for the weekend. Um, again, this one was unique as we had our normal seven that are in on the contest. We also had Drew Forrester and John and Little Rock competing. However, I don't have them on the chart in front of me, so I'm just going to have to tell you about them a little bit later on. So I'm going to tell you how everybody on the chart did in our season-long I mean, contest. I can have it open if you okay, want. Okay, you can do that. Okay. All right. Um, Navy Notre Dame. Credit to Kyle Ottenheimer. He was a good American. He went with Navy on Veterans Day weekend. I believe John did as well, correct? Yes, he did. John, and so did Drew. And Drew did as well. Drew had a good week, actually. He did. He Drew did. had a really good week. Um, 
so yeah, they were all victorious. Navy, it was looking hairy. Very hairy as it was 35-13, but uh, they outscored Notre Dame 19-0 in the second half to cut it back to 35-32, so they all get that point. No idea. No idea what was going on with the line in Texas TCU. Texas was an abomination. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. An abomination as they lost 17-10 to TCU, who remains undefeated and has a path to the college football playoff. Um, I, myself and Andrew Stecka were on Texas. I was only on Texas because of the line, because I just thought Vegas had to know something. As it turns out, no, they didn't. Texas stinks again. Um, I believe uh, John Little Rock was also on. He had Texas and then Drew had TCU. Yeah, yeah. Drew the had the TCU. Little Rock lock also did not hit. He had, oh. he, he said the Little Rock lock was over 64 and a half. <laughs> Missed by a lot. Missed by about probably another going on there, another John? four eight quarters, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, Penn State, Maryland. Uh, Griffin was trying to inspire himself or inspire that it, it, Maryland. It was bad. It's bad. Yeah. Andrew Stecka was also on Maryland. So was John and Little Rock. Yuck! Yeah. Yuck! All around thirty to zero. Just a disaster. Uh, NFL games. Uh, Tampa Bay maybe becoming a thing again. They defeat the Seahawks 21-16 over in Munich. It's so hard to figure out the, the impact of where the game is being played. So I'm not ready to just say that Tampa's fine. But for a few drives, they look really sharp. They look really good. They they looked like more of the team that we expected them to be coming into the season. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, how as long that as goes. they didn't have you know Leonard Fournette throwing passes. Yeah, that not smart. Not something that I would do. They almost deserved to lose because of that. <laughs> like everything was working for them. And then they were like, well, let's see about Tom Brady lining up out wide. Get the F out of here with that. thought we had a chance for a second. Yeah, I did too. Unfortunately, did not work out. Only uh, Paul Valley. It's a recurring theme. Paul Valley's been, been hot recently. Yeah. John and Little Rock was on the Bucks. John and Little Rock was on the Bucks. Kyle Ottenheimer had a massive week, was also on the Bucks. Minnesota Buffalo, we were all on the Vikings for the most part, and we were all about to be losers. <laughs> all they had to do was fall forward. And they couldn't do it. By the way, uh, great uh, uh, in response to what I said about uh, Justin Jefferson earlier today, our friend uh, Josh Charles checked in this morning, said, Justin Jefferson can win everything after that performance. Everything. Emmy, Golden Globe, uh, Grammy, and Oscars. SAG Award, too. <laughs> Give him the EGOT. That was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Uh, anyway, yeah, only uh, Andrew Stetka was on Buffalo. So were Drew and John. They were both on Buffalo. Yes. Oh, my. Uh, you had double check the math. I'm pretty sure John also finished with four. I'm pretty I'm sure pretty he's sure also right. a loser. I'm, I'm double check that at the end. Pretty sure you're right. Um, so yeah, we all get that point except for them. Cleveland, Miami, Griffin, and Kyle Ottenheimer took a chance on Cleveland. Did not work out. Horrible. Not even Horrible. close. Not close. Dolphins not only handled the three and a half, they cruised to a 39-17 victory over the Browns. Uh, one point off, by the way. This is what I'm. I'm a co-loser by one point. One. Oh, you picked. Still never mind. You picked Jacksonville too. Yes. So we would have both yes. still been co-losers. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Um. Yeah, Jacksonville. Nearly. So close. Nearly did it. So close. As uh, the line was nine and a half, they lose by ten, twenty-seven, seventeen to the Chiefs. Um. Griffin steals one. Was it a true lone wolf, or did either of the other guys uh, also Drew was also on the Packers. Drew was also on the Packers. What did Drew go, 7-2? I, I think he had six. Or, yeah, Damn, he six man. Or seven. He got unbelievable. 
What did he get wrong? He, he doesn't know anything wrong. He doesn't know anything about Seahawks sports. <laughs> How in the world? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Green Bay in overtime. They rally from. I was when we were at dinner last night. John was updating me. He was like, "Yeah, as long as uh, as long as Dallas, because they were up by 14 at that yeah. point. I had the game on. He's like, as long as Dallas doesn't yak this up, you're good." I was like, "Hell yeah!" And then I keep looking over. I'm like, "Wow." I needed it. I needed it bad. Blow. Well, I mean, you still lost too. I mean, like, yeah, you but still I, have to, you're I, just, I, at least now I get to. It's just a misery loves company situation. Exactly, yeah. You still lost. <laughs> Green Bay, uh, they did. They won in overtime. And so not only do they cover, but they get the outright win, 31-28. And then, uh, oh, what a spectacular cover from the Chargers last night. So many opportunities to blow that. Oh, my God. They, they, San Francisco gets the gift of that not being called a touchback, and the Chargers are pinned back at their one, and I'm like, oh, no. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> they got to go for it on fourth down. They fail. They still have all their timeouts. So San Francisco's just going to score the touchdown, and it's all going to be over. Bless, blessings be that Kyle Shanahan chose not to go for it on fourth down because I, I'm convinced that that would have been converted. Ultimately, uh, the Chargers, they do steal a cover. They lose 22-16, but they get a cover. Uh, myself, Griffin, uh, Proctor, and KO were all on that. As well as John and Little Rock. As so he John. had four. So that was. Yeah, John went four and five. Drew went whatever he went. Six, uh, six and three. Six and three. Big week for Kyle Ottenheimer, seven and two. Big wow. week for John Proctor, six and three. Good week for Paul Valley at four and five. Or five sorry, five and four. Terrible week for Andrew Stetka, who has essentially clinched at this point. I'll get to it. Andrew Stecka went 1-8. and eight. Ooh. Ooh. Problem is Andrew Stecka was not in on our bet. <laughs> so he lives in Phoenix. Myself, Griffin, Ken Zalis, John and Little Rock all go 4-5. and five. We were all in on the bet. We were all losers. Now, John from Little Rock messages me before, before he knew he had lost and said, I can't make it in on Tuesday. So John is going to have to pay his penalty on his own somewhere. He'll be dancing on his own like he was a Philadelphia Philly. Um, so he, I, we're going to hold him to it. He's Now, he also, remember, voluntarily has paid other penalties this season. He voluntarily ate a Richard Petty sandwich. He involuntarily uh, yes. ate the, the St. Patrick's Day mess that we had in here last week. So I do believe that John will be a man of his word, and he will actually eat the chili and cinnamon roll. But tomorrow, you and I and KZ, you got to double check, follow up with KZ okay. to make sure he's good for tomorrow. Are you good for providing enough cinnamon rolls and chili for all of us to do this? Yeah, yeah I was going to get some, uh, what, the Pillsbury uh, uh, cinnamon I don't care rolls. how you make it. Whatever. Okay. I don't, yeah. I, not my the chili concern. is made. The chili is made. The chili is already prepared. Yes, your, yes your, it is. Your neighbor just yeah. stuck. I need to know more about this dynamic, man. She's, I don't know if she, it's a she. Her name's Gwen. She's great. She's, she's a great she cook. She seems lovely. Yeah, she's a great cook. And, and you uh, can just walk over and put it in a chili order, and yeah. she just says, yeah, Griffin, I, I, I got you. I can probably put in orders for other things, too. The hell is going on there? Just really, just really, really close family friends. That's very weird. All right. Well, works out. It's, works it's out that she makes good chili, too. So, so we will have that tomorrow. If you got to double-check with Ken. If for some reason Ken can't do tomorrow, needs to do another day, then let's all try to do it on the same day. Okay. Let's not have you all and right. I and then Ken, let's double-check and re-coordinate with Ken. He would said be great could, to see Ken do it by himself. I, I understand that, <laughs> but he said he could come in on Tuesday. All right, all right, so double-check and reconfirm that he is available to come in tomorrow uh, to pay the pay the penance, and we will all... Oh, oh, it's more bread that I've consumed in a long time. 
Ugh, I don't like anything about that. All right, uh, for the season now, <laughs> I'm still in tie for first. No one is 500. We all have losing records. Myself and, and Paul Valley are Paul now tied. Paul making the jump. Unbelievable run from Paul. Uh, we're now tied atop the table at 46 and 47. KZ is a game back where John Proctor has risen up to tie him. Just a game back at 45 and 48. What a pathetic season this is. <laughs> Kyle goes is it, being... It's, it's normally like a lot better. Uh, it's not normally a lot better, but there's normally at least one or two people that are, are doing well. It's crazy how it's awful. <laughs> Kyle went from vice worm to being just three games back as he's sitting at 43 and 50. Griffin is now the vice worm, <laughs> but he's okay. I am he okay. has nothing <laughs> to worry about. Griffin is 42 and 51, four games back of first place, but also vice worm. However, Andrew Stecka is eight games clear of Griffin. It is a disaster. <laughs> this man is going to have to fly across the country for the third time in his life to do something truly terrible. Uh, he looks like he's going to be the one. 34 and 59. How sway? Still a lot, of, still a lot of season left. Uh, if you say so. If you <laughs> say so. Oh, God, it's brutal. I got to make sure I don't get complacent over yeah, here. Yeah, don't, don't do that. All right, uh, that's where we are picks-wise. Let's quickly go over slaps. Our uh, first half of the season, slaps to the helmet, are uh, brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. An amazing place. Incredible Bavarian-inspired menu, delicious beer, craft beer selection, including the lovely Guilford Hall Lager. Also, always events going on, yappy hour, live music, trivia, all sorts of things. Find out more, guilfordhall.com. Truly a gem in our city. Um, again, for the entirety of the first half, and also bear in mind, it is important because it's going to up, pop up with number five. I, my number five, I do feel like it's trending in the right direction, but still as I look at the first half of the season and and whose struggles were significant, I can't ignore Kyle Hamilton on the list. I like where Kyle Hamilton is. I like where he's going. I think Kyle Hamilton is becoming more of the player that the Ravens thought they were getting. But when you draft someone that high, the expectation is they come on the field and they make an impact very quickly. And it just took a little while for Kyle Hamilton to get there. So I don't think Kyle Hamilton will end up on my end-of-season slaps list. But for now, Kyle Hamilton's on the list. He's number five. Um, yeah, I was kind of struggling, at least offensively, trying to find guys. Uh, so I went with Rashad Bateman as my number five. I mean, I, I know I know now he's done, but I still think like he, he just wasn't really okay. being as dynamic, I think, as we expect him or need okay. him to be when he was healthy. I think he still had some drops, and and now I mean, and now he he just can't stay on the field. So I I have Rashad Bateman as my five. Okay. Um, and then I did have Kyle Hamilton as my number four okay. as well. Same, you know, same reasons. I think he is, you know, taking strides in the last couple yeah. weeks, but still, he was almost a liability early on in the season. He wasn't even on the; f they weren't putting him on the field just because of they yeah. didn't trust him. Yeah, so. correct. Um, my number four is James Prochet, and I get it. You could say, well, he hasn't had the opportunity to. They needed James Prochet to to be a football player. And at this point, there's no reason for us to think that James Prochet is a football player. I hope that changes. We were just talking about it with Jonas a minute ago. I hope he's a player that has something coming in the second half of the season. But right now, James Prochet is nothing, and they needed him to be something. So he's my number four. Got it. Hamilton was my four. Right. So I'll, I'll go ahead three? and do my number three then. Okay. My number three is Adafi Owe. Um, I don't even think he's played poorly necessarily. I just think, again, 
they needed a different type of impact from Adafi Owe than what they're getting. Thankfully, they're getting it from Justin Houston. But I just think they needed more of an impact. They needed more kind of game-changing plays to be made by Adafi Owe based on where they selected him, the opportunity cost that comes with that. They didn't need a good football player. They needed a game changer, and he just hasn't proven to be a game changer. He's my number three. Uh, my number three, J.K. Dobbins. Um, you know, say, I mean, similar thing. Again, I was struggling with trying to pick out offensive guys because I think the offense has largely been pretty solid. Um, but so I went with J.K. Dobbins again. I mean, obviously health, health health is an issue. But when he's been on the field, he just hasn't been. You know, the I mean, Kenyon Drake has been far better than him when he's on the field. I don't know. He's so he's on the three, field for so little. I don't know how to, know. Digit, how to make three and a half yards per carry when he when he's getting the ball. I and and you know I, I wasn't a fan of you know drafting a running back that high in the draft when they were. You could have addressed edge rusher or even just taken another corner, I guess. Um, so I, will, I was never a fan of the pick overall, and I don't think he's really, you know, he hasn't been playing up to it either. So J.K. Uh, Dobbins is my three. My number two, and, and file it away because it's going to come up again, my number two is Lamar Jackson. Um, that is among offensive players. I think Lamar Jackson has been great, but I think in the moments where you define why it is, but what's the difference between 6-3 and three and 9-0, and oh, I think some of those moments reflect on Lamar Jackson and throws that were there to be made and the disaster of how the Giants game unfolded, that that can't happen. You can't take that sack and lose the football there. I think Lamar Jackson has been, for the most part, wonderful, but this is the burden of being the quarterback. The good and bad, everything falls on you. So in trying to figure out the story of them being 6-3, and three, I think Lamar Jackson and the times where he hasn't been willing to check down and some of the throws that have just been a little bit off after the first few weeks of the se- the first few weeks of the season he was the MVP of the league and then from there he's been good with some bad mixed in so given the burden of being the quarterback he's my number 2 my number 2 was Adafe Owe you know same thing i mean he's just an underwhelming first half you expect him to make you know be an impact player a game changer when he's a first round edge rusher and he just hasn't shown that. Hopefully, reinforcements help that. Help him, you know, for, give him, give him, I guess, less to deal with uh, coming off the coming off the edge. But uh, I mean, you know, underwhelming, disappointing. I think uh, first half from Adafi Owe, and then my number one was was Lamar Jackson. See that? I can't believe you left this guy off your list. I can't believe Marcus Peters isn't on your list. Really? For slaps. oh my god, Marcus I, Peters, outside of a couple tackles, has been brutal. It has been a brutal nine-game stretch for Marcus He's Peters. He's number one. Yes. Okay. And it's, and it's I, not even, I have not seen that. It's not even close. Like, wow. He's made a couple of tackles that were in the backfield, like on that Sunday night game. That was that was nice. Outside of that, tell me what Marcus Peters has done. Marcus Peters has been doing a lot of um, the old Ed Reed going off and kind of kind of I don't even free free forming. What do you call that? Just. Sort of uh, doing his own thing. Ball hawking? I, not even. Like, doing his own thing, and it's been a mess. Um, I, I, I don't know what the – I don't know how to describe it. It's been a mess with Marcus Peters yeah, this season. I, I don't feel that way. I feel – I mean, I, yeah, I th- he could definitely be better, but I think Dude. there's been bigger problems in the secondary uh, than Marcus Peters. I think, you know, he shows up, and I think he and I think he does what he needs to do. I, I don't have – I haven't had – that much of an issue with Marcus Peters this season. Okay. But yeah, Lamar, my number one, you know, I mean, you look at the three losses, if he picks up maybe one more first down in each of those games, you know, Ravens could very well be undefeated. So Lamar Jackson, my number one, but also they could be 0-9 without him. So it's, it's a tough spot for Lamar. Mm. Okay. All right. 
I, I'm blown away by the Marcus Peters thing. Continue to give me your lists. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is the way to get them in. We will continue to discuss them throughout the show. Um, what's Can we take a break or do we need to call Jeff Perlman now? Uh, good question. Okay. Well, then go ahead and call. If you don't know, then go ahead and call him. Uh, continue to get me um, uh, your responses and your slaps list. We'll get the pats a little bit later on in the program uh, for the first half of the Ravens season. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where they have $6.99 apps every night of the week after 9 p.m., including the unbelievable smoky thigh wings. Oh, God. Smoky thigh wings are incredible. If you have not tried them, you're an insane person. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Again, GloryDaysGrill.com. And the um, the seasonal menu, the Oktoberfest menu, still available for another week or two. Um, before that, will go away as well at Glory Days Grill. All right, so I'm going to tell you a short, very quick story. Um, about, I don't want to say a year ago, I was on Twitter, and I saw our next guest tweet out randomly, does anyone know how I can get in touch with Joe Orsalak? Now, I've been a fan of this man's work for some time. I have a very strict rule. If Jeff Perlman writes a book, I read it. And I also, as you all know, happen to be friends with Joe Orsalak. And so I said, well, I have, I, I don't know where this is going, but I'm willing to make this connection. And then when I found out where it was going, I said, oh, my God, I can't wait for this. That's, of course, because Jeff Perlman was writing a book about Bo Jackson, not just a book, a definitive, uh, unbelievable book about Bo Jackson. Um, And Jeff very kindly said, you just earned yourself a spot in acknowledgments. And I said, all right, all right, man, I, I don't need any of that. I just can't wait to read the book. Sure enough, as I've been diving through the last folk hero, man of his world, Jeff Perlman, included my dumb name in the acknowledgments for this incredible book, which is maybe a career highlight for me. The book is The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. He is the great Jeff Perlman, and he is back with us now here on GCR. Jeff, it's Glenn. It's always great to catch up with you, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. If that is a career highlight for you, I... I would suggest you, you oh, re-examine your stop choice it. of profession. Stop it. <laughs> I am allowed to be a big Jeff Perlman fan, and that does mean a great deal to me, sir. I, I really do appreciate that. Very kind of you. You did not need to do that. Um, well, let me just say, I wanted to say that the Joe Orslack piece of that book, not only was it usually important, but I, um, I've been, when I've done, you know, in the last few weeks of promoting this book, I mentioned Joe Orslack all the time, so by extension, I miss I mentioning oh, you. Thank you, thank you. You know what's funny about it too is it, like, I, okay, I don't want to give everything away in the book, but the complete, almost no sell from Joe Orslack about the yeah. moment is incredible. And I, had, Joe, and I, had, of I all know. the things we'd never talked about it, for him to be like, yeah, I didn't even realize that it was me as I was watching the highlight years later. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, for people who don't know, it's the the famous clip of Bo Jackson climbing the wall. That took place in Baltimore Memorial Stadium. And um, the guy who hit the ball was your friend Joe Orslack. And when I reached out to him to ask him about it, I sort of expected him to be amazed and have details. And he didn't realize until 10 years later that he had hit the ball because so funny. That, that was the ball he hit because um, he put his head down and kind of looked at the first base coach. And by the time he looked up, Bo Jackson was just running with the ball. 
Well, and, so, and, and it almost funny. it almost speaks to the way that you set up the book. Um, at the time, there's no Twitter, right? At the time, the, right. like highlights are not nearly as prevalent. He's not being reminded about it every moment of every day. The way that if it happened exactly. now, and this is it, it walks so well with the last folk hero and everything you said to set up the book, which is th- this. It's just not the same today. These stories that we had about Bo Jackson and what he may or may not have done. We couldn't have it the same way in 2020. If 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 somebody said, "Well, I you know I this kid 14 years old, it was a Bryce Harper at 14 hit a 500 foot home run." Well, we've got video now that either proves or disproves that of everything. We're filming everything that occurs. We we can't have the stories the same way at this point. It's... I agree, and it's really kind of funny because um, a 500 foot home run being described either by someone telling a story of it or in a book. It sounds crazier than it looks, and it looks impressive. Like there, we've seen 500 home runs that are amazing to watch, but the retelling of it and the whoa and the <laughs> no way and the holy cow, right. like those things add to it all. So I'm with you 100. Uh, percent Your obsession with, but by the way, first of all, I, I have not. I can't. You know, it's it's a lengthy book. I have made a dent, a real dent in the book, Jeff, and I did <laughs> skip around a little bit. But I am not. That's okay. I promise you, I'm going to keep reading it because I was that excited to read it. Um, I have not finished it yet. Your passion for this project is overwhelming. The story about the brick really speaks to how much you care about it. When, uh, when, why, where? Your interest in doing something this meaty about Bo Jackson. I mean. In a way, organically, it starts when I'm a kid and I'm growing up in Mayo Pack, New York, and I have the Bo, the famous Bo Jackson poster hanging in my wall at the yeah. ball fire. And um, it's hard to explain to younger fans, I feel like. But like when I was growing up, there were singular athletes who became a part of a national discussion, and they almost represented the sport for that year. Like Bo and Herschel were iconic figures in national sports. You know, like... And I was a kid growing up in New York, so those are deep South athletes. But they were icon- They were on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and you'd see them playing these nationally televised games, and they were just gigantic. And there wasn't social media distracting our tents in a million ways. So that, that's when I first became aware of Bo. And when I was finishing my last book, which is about the, Sh- the Shakobi Lakers, yep. I just really I, – I love nostalgia – and I just kept thinking about how there has not been a definitive Bo Jackson book. How there's so much mystique about the guy, so much mystery about the guy. He came, he went, he vanished. It's not that much different than writing about a famous person who died uh, young, like a JFK or a Tupac, where all of a sudden they came, they dominated, they did something huge, and they were they vanished. And he vanished because of injury, but he still vanished. So I thought that was really an interesting factor of it all. Jeff Perlman is with us here on GCR. Again, is the book is The Last Folk Hero. We're going to link up to it on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. I, it, the way that you're talking about it, it feels like the subtext, and we'll get more into it, is there's a real chance that this was the greatest athlete of all time. And, and, and it's hard to be able to explain that, to your point, to someone who's young. They say... Well, Dion played two sports. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Like, wouldn't it? It's it's hard to explain why it is that for so many people there is a real argument that Bo Jackson is the greatest athlete that ever lived. Can I make my argument for you? Sure. Okay. Here's what I tell people. All right. Bo Jackson's from Alabama, and he went to McAdory High School. And Bo Jackson 
set five individual state track and field records. Right. He stole in high school. He stole ninety of ninety-one bases. He set a single-season national home run record with twenty in a season. He um, he won the Alabama State Decathlon Championships as a junior and a senior. His senior year, he did it without ever taking off his sweatpants. He sprained his ankle midway through. Was far enough ahead in the decathlon that he didn't have to run the final event, the fifteen hundred, which he hated doing. Um, he was drafted in the second round by the New York Yankees. Probably would have been the first overall pick, except that they were afraid he was going to go to college. He shows up at Auburn and he runs a four one three forty. He wins the Heisman Trophy. He's the number one pick in the NFL draft. So he would have been the number one pick in the ma- in the Major League Baseball draft out of high school. Then he's the number one pick in the NFL draft. He shows up with the Raiders after winning the Heisman and after playing Major League Baseball. He uh, he runs a four one seven forty in pads on grass with the Raiders. And one more little thing is he um, when he's with the Kansas City Royals, he makes his Major League debut and his first hit he beats out an infield single to sh- to second, and he clocks at a three point six, which is the second <laughs> fastest ever recorded time from home the first by a right-handed hitter. Like. What? Oh, and he could have been an Olympic sprinter. Sorry. And he did all this at 230 pounds. So, like, he was faster than Tyreek Hill wearing pads, and he was 40 pounds heavier than Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but other than all that. (laughs) Other than that. Overrated. My God, when you put it that way. And, by the way, what makes it all the more fascinating is I was reading about the early years is he didn't even like practicing. Like, he, didn't, he wasn't even trying to get better. He didn't like being in the weight room. Like, nope. he was just insanely naturally gifted. Yeah, he didn't like swimming. He didn't like weights. He would do that thing where, like, he'd be Auburn, they'd have weight days, and he'd be sitting in the weight room, and a coach might poke his head in, and all of a sudden, Bo would lift a bar twice, and then the coach would leave, and he'd be like, okay, he's gone. I'm good. <laughs> he, um, one of his great motivators for playing baseball, truly, where he hated off-season football workouts, like hated with a passion. And baseball was a way he didn't have to do off-season football workouts. That's so funny. That is so funny, man. It worked out okay for him. Um, yeah, sure did. Yeah, it worked out decently. Jeff, in, in writing about um, Bo's upbringing, clearly there's some unsavory stuff in there, right? Like, you know, there's 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 animal cruelty in there. I don't want, I'm not going to give away everything, but, like, is it was it difficult in in someone that obviously you're you're celebrating? Is it difficult to say, hey, we we, we got to tell this part of the story. We got to make sure. Like, it feels like someone's going to read that and say, boy, I'm not sure that I love reading those things about Bo Jackson. No, because I think you make a decision in this business um, that you're either writing biographies, like real biographies, in the way there are biographies of whoever Trump and Biden and Obama and. Marilyn Monroe and whoever, or you're writing, you know, odes and glorified, you know, poems to the, our, our heroes and they never do anything wrong and they have no warts and they never go to the bathroom. Like, I don't really believe in that. I think history is important. And I think Bo Jackson is a historic figure. And, um, I've always maintained that when you learn about a person's flaws, it allows you to appreciate their accomplishments all the more. When you realize that Bo Jackson was one of 11 kids growing up in a three-room, right. not three-bedroom, a three-room house with no running water in Bessemer, Alabama, and he had a single mom who worked three jobs, and his dad uh, lived across town with his own family and had nothing to do with Bo, and the Bo was wearing his sister's hand-me-down shoes to school, and if those weren't available, he would literally walk to school in socks, and that he had um, a severe, severe stutter yeah. and was held back in elementary school. Like... Knowing all those things, 
adds to his legacy times a thousand. If I just told you, oh, he had a great upbringing and his mom was lovely and he had a suburban blah, blah, blah. Like overcoming everything is what makes the achievement all the more impressive. So I, I have, I'm, no, I'm, I'm totally comfortable with writing about a person's life and who they really are. That, that Bo, you know, you mentioned Bo is not someone who likes to talk. Um, I, I, I know it had to be disappointing that, that he wouldn't, you know, involve himself in this project, but how, how do you handle that when you've committed to something and said, I'm doing this, whether or not you're going to be involved? Well, so uh, I knew going in, the odds weren't great. He's very, very guarded, very, very guarded and very prickly. And uh, there are stories, you know, there are definitely stories of him being rough to deal with. But I just, uh, number one, I consider him, I really do truly, it, it bothers me that people my kid's age have no idea about Bo Jackson. Right. It really bothers me. And I think it's important that they do. I think history matters even in sports. So I got really lucky um, with research in this. I reached out to Bo early on. He called me. He was very nice, but politely declined. Um, but Bo had an autobiography come out in 1990 called Bo Knows Bo. And it was written with Dick Schaap, the legendary yep. late journalist. And before Dick Schaap passed away, he donated all the notes all the documentation, all the audio recordings of hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of interviews and sit-downs he did with Bo back in 1989-90. And it turns out all that stuff was available in the basement of the Auburn Library and had never been listened to since this came out. So I acquired the material. I would say 70 to 80% of the stuff never appeared in Bo Jackson's book. Wow. It was a treasure trove of stuff. I mean, an absolute treasure trove. And, um, you know, kind of made it a little more seamless. That's remarkable. Uh, remarkable. And by the way, until you acknowledge that he hadn't, uh, like in, in the, the, the first few times that, that you referenced him, I, I assumed that you had sat down with Bo. And I was like, oh, wow, that's it's incredible how seamless it was um, that you're able to include all of that information in the book. Um, right. Well, I did. I just want to say, to be clear, I didn't like uh, lie about anything. No, no, no. I did no. write the, the yeah. acknowledgement to the book about yeah. that. A hundred percent. No, no, I, I do know that. I just, you know, it was remarkable to me after I found that out because I'd already started reading the book. Um, Jeff Perlman with us here on GCR. Jeff, I asked this question. We've seen other high-level athletes. We've seen the Kyler Murrays of the world, right, who could have played either sport. We can, will this ever happen again? Will we ever see this? Or is specialization at this point, there's just no way. Like, there's no way that we'll ever see an athlete compete at such a high level in, in, in multiple sports at the same time. So this book has allowed me to be a spokesperson for one of my least favorite things in the world, or I guess against one of my least favorite things in the world, which is, so I live out here in Southern California. I'm literally staring at the ocean as we speak, and I love it out here. But the, if you're a kid in Orange County, California, and you're seven years old, and someone finds out you have a good arm, mm -hmm. you're going to play your baseball season, and then they're going to say, Let's say little Jimmy wants to play basketball. They're going to be like, you know, little Jimmy, we should get you working with fill-in-the-blank instructor who charges 500 bucks an hour. Maybe he pitched for AAA Walla Walla long ago. And you're going to, we're going to give you lessons. Forget it. You should focus on baseball. Yep, you're right. And then we're going to hook you up with this training facility. It's going to be great. And the kid's having, you know, he has a torn labrum at age 14. And, like, Bo Jackson, I wrote about Brett Favre in a biography. I wrote about Walter Payton in a biography. Those guys grew up beating the crap out of each other in kill the carrier, playing pickup hoops in their driveway, hmm. uh, finding a, a field and playing. And that's how they developed as athletes. 
And we don't do that anymore at all. So I feel like the closest we have to Bo Jackson is Shohei Otani, who specializes in one sport but does it in a very unique way. Sure. It's very unlikely. It's very, very unlikely we'll have a Bo Jackson come along again or a Deion Sanders. It's sad. That makes me sad, man. My God, that was a time. What a time that was. You know what? Was. Can I tell you what? I'll tell you what bothers me the most, honestly, and this is as a parent. Like, we're robbing these kids of, you're only a kid from zero to 18. That's it. And we're robbing these kids of a really magical, some magical times in their life, all in the name of maybe one day my kid will get a cup of coffee in the major leagues. It sets an abuse of kids. It really bothers me. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Like, like let them let live. Like, let them have, right. have fun. I, I am completely in agreement. Um, Jeff, before I, I let you go, I, I, I do. I think I told you. I, as much as I loved Showtime, I truly enjoyed the show. Like I thought the show was entertaining as hell. I thought it was wildly funny. Um, my guy De- Delonte D'Souza is wonderful in it. Baltimore native playing Michael Cooper. Uh, did it, did did it bother you any of the pushback, or were you able to say, dude, I don't care. I I. This is this is a this is a good de- this is objectively a good television program. You guys can be as mad as you want about it. <laughs> all right. So first of all, Delonte D'Souza, Baltimore's own, is one of my favorite people of all time. He's awesome, and he's one of the, my favorite. Oh, he's. I love everything about him being in the show, and I'm not just saying that. My wife and I, we want to adopt the guy. Like he's like so loving, so warm, such a nice guy, such a smart guy. You, you know, you know it, who you is know. you know who his acting coach was. I do not. Prop Joe. Robert Chu from The Wire, Prop Joe, the legendary Prop Joe, was Delonte D'Souza's acting coach. I did not know that. That's awesome. All right. That's so there you cool. Go. I just love, he was flipping houses like two years ago. Like, it's amazing, his story and his like, rise to play Michael Cooper. He's so good. But um, to answer your question, this is what I, I always say. HBO comes along and they say to you, we want to option your book. We want to pay you really good money. We want to turn it into a series. We want to have Sally Field and John C. Riley start it. (laughs) And then people come to me and they're like, so are you disappointed in the show? Uh, No, I am not disappointed in the show. First of all, the show is awesome. It's a great representation of the book. It's, I'm aware of what it is. Like when people are like, are you, you you know, are there nuances in this characters and are you upset? Like, it's not a, a documentary. Right. It is for entertainment. Like they take leaps as did Rudy, as did Friday Night Lights, as do all the sports entertainment dot like it's weird for me at first it was it was definitely weird for me because i'd never gone through this before but it's been one of the greatest experiences of my life so i have uh, i'm totally thrilled and the, and the product and the product is so good it's just such a wildly fun television program man oh it's so good i agree, I agree. Um, thank you as always what's next uh i cannot say but i will tell you i can't say because i'm paranoid but i will tell you it is baltimore related Ooh, ooh. well maybe the, Maybe the uh, maybe the Joe Urslack story. Right. Don't call me Joe. The Joe Urslack story. <laughs> My man Slack. I love Slack. He's such a great dude, and he's so like prototypical of guys of that era. Like he's exactly what you would think that he would be. Um, he again, was also just really funny. He's like, yeah, I didn't even know I hit that. So I was like, what? Dude, he's like, yeah, I didn't know. It's so That's great. Awesome. It's a great story. At Jeff Perlman on Twitter again. The last folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson. It is available right now. Uh, Jeff, true, always appreciate you, man. I truly enjoy the book. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always, sir. Wow, thank you so much. Take care, Jeff Perlman, checking in with us on GCR. I was a little little treat for me. I said, man, I remember him telling. I literally said it to to Griffin the day I got the book. I'm like, Jeff told me he was going to put my name in the acknowledgments, but I don't. I mean, come on.
Like, why would he do that? All I did was get him in touch. I think I got him in touch with somebody else. Maybe I got him in touch with Bill Ripken. Like, we 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 tweeted back and forth for a little while. I like I, I like Jeff. I mean, Jeff's like one of the greatest American sports writers there is. Um, and so I said, I'll help out. And I'm just going through the acknowledgments, and all of a sudden, oh, he's listing all these people. Megan Wilson is the Steve Grogan of publicist. Tommy Brown of the Auburn University Library went above and beyond, as did James Huxtable, my Playboy stash provider, and Glenn Clark, Ooh. Joe Orsalak Society CEO. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I was so tickled by that. It was such a neat little moment. Uh, incredible read. Really incredible read. And, again, people Griffin's age probably can't fool. Like, they can be aware that Bo Jackson played multiple sports, but the cultural phenomenon that Bo Jackson was, it's impossible for someone of a younger age to understand how overwhelming the Bo Jackson phenomenon was. And then the arguments that he makes that Bo Jackson truly was the greatest athlete of all time are... They're relevant. They're relevant arguments. He was just playing professional sports all year, all year round. He, was he, played, just, I mean, he played baseball and, and football. football. I mean, professionally. Yeah, so he like didn't play. He didn't like play other year. Well, yeah. I mean, sure. But I, I like again. You could point out that Deion Sanders did the same thing. Deion Sanders famously, of course, played in a or played in an NFL game and right. dressed for a baseball game on the same day. Um, he didn't play in that baseball game. It was a World Series game with the Braves. He did not get into the game, but dressed for both games like was on was active for both games on the same day and so you could say okay well what makes bo jackson greater than Deion sanders and that's what jeff perlman was trying to you know just argue for when he talked about his accomplishments in the decathlon and track and field and mm-hmm. you know how by the way it's not just that he was you know a, a hitter when he was pitching in high school he would routinely strike out 15 guys and throw one hitters and he didn't even want to pitch he had no interest in pitching he didn't want to do it um, one of the stories that I enjoyed is they actually put him on the wrestling team at one point in high school, but it was only because they needed a heavyweight. They didn't have a heavyweight on the team, and they assumed that most other schools wouldn't have heavyweights either, so they just told him, you can be on the wrestling team because we're just going to take you around, and you're not going to have to just wrestle. Yeah, you're just going <laughs> to show up. We're going to line up heavyweight. You're going to say, here I am, and then we're going to look at the other team, and they're not going to have one, and that's the way it's going to go. Great story. I don't want again, go read the book. The book's unbelievable. All right, uh, Jeremy Kahn's going to join us here in a minute. we still got to get to our first half of the season, Pat's on the ass. A lot to do as we continue along on a Monday edition of Glen Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County 
County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face yeah it's always so mean all right back in here on gcr it is a monday edition of the program Today's show is also brought to you by, we've been flying along today, by the way. It's also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. As we now know, we could be within days of the start of online sports betting here in Maryland. We've been saying weeks, but the answer at this point might very well be days. Meetings have been moved up. It's starting to look like it could happen in time for Thanksgiving. PressBox is your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives. Starting now, you can get $300 worth of pre-registration credit plus other incentives by going to PressBoxOnline.com offers. It's now with multiple partners. What we're doing is we're compiling. So it's not just one particular betting house. It's various partners that we are working with to provide you the best offers for sign-up. And you're allowed to sign up for more than one. Like, there's no rule. They didn't legalize online sports betting to say, yes, but you can only, you have to pledge your fealty to one particular gambling establishment. That's not the case. You all right? Everything good over there? Yeah, I'm good. All right. You just, I hear it. What's the back? What is the background noise? What I is don't it? know. It's for some, it's coming from my mic for some reason. Because when I mute my mic, yeah, it's gone. Huh? That's interesting. I don't know what that's all about. 
I do. I, I told you before. I think we've had our gains too open recently. I think yeah. we needed to do more volume, less gain. I still think we're doing a little bit too much of that. But um, the problem with the gain is it picks up more of the room around us, whereas the volume is more direct. It's a whole thing. Anyway, the moral of the story is go to pressboxonline.com slash offers. You can get up to $300 in pre-registration bonus credits. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Um, Jeremy Kahn is going to join us in just a second. Tonight we will find out, uh, by the way, the awards, I'm just going to go over the MLB awards schedule. It's relevant to folks in Baltimore for two reasons. And we'll talk about this in a totally tubular. Tonight, Rookie of the Year will be handed out. I do not believe that Adley Rutschman will win Rookie of the Year. It's an honor just to be nominated. Tomorrow night, Manager of the Year will be handed out. I do not believe that Brandon Hyde will win Manager of the Year. It was asked of me again this weekend, are you surprised there hasn't been something more declarative in terms of the Orioles' commitment to Brandon Hyde? Fair question. Fair question. Surprised? I don't know. Do I expect there to be something more declarative? I don't know. That's sort of why I don't know if I'm surprised by it. I think they're in the same awkward position that we're in, which is this season was so wildly unexpected, but at the same time, are we certain that Brandon Hyde is definitely the guy that can lead a team to a World Series championship? And when is that point? If if the Orioles this ne- if if now after they've had this season of relevance, they do end up spending some money, still to be determined. If they end up doing that this off season, and next year, they they. They open up the season and they're 30 and 60. Brandon Hyde is going to be on the on the proverbial hot seat. It's a weird spot to be in. I think there are lots of reasons to like Brandon Hyde. I think there are people that have some questions still about Brandon Hyde, despite the fact that the Orioles vastly outperformed expectations this year. Um, but manager of the year will be announced tomorrow night. Um, and so, we, I, again, I don't think Brandon Hyde is going to win. I think Scott Service will win. Um, the Cy Young Awards will be announced on Wednesday, and then the MVP Awards will be announced on Thursday. Obviously, the Orioles will have nothing to do with either of those announcements all throughout the week, those announcements on MLB Network. But, again, the first, the ones that are relevant in Baltimore tonight, Rookie of the Year, tomorrow, Manager of the Year. And I do not expect that, that either – Adley Rutschman or Brandon Hyde will win those awards. Although, I know Brandon Hyde won the Sporting News Manager of the Year. Did you pull up the odds by chance? Sure, I can. I yeah, can. pull up the odds Let's real see. quick. We're going to talk to Jeremy Kahn. I, I don't think I don't think he's going to win Manager of the Year. I think it's a better chance than Adley Rutschman. I don't think there's any chance at all that Adley Rutschman's going to end up winning Rookie of the Year. But um, I guess there's a better chance of of Brandon Hyde being manager of the year. I'm trying to pull him up as well. Yeah. And of course, for some reason, I guess yeah, I guess because I guess because the voting is known, they've pulled him down from uh, FanDuel, so you can't you can't you can no longer bet on. Okay, so you want to see what I saw from quickly, after the end of the season? Just quickly, quickly. Uh, yeah. Oh, now I got to pull up what right. awards we're talking about. All right, never mind then. We tried. It. All right, no, Jeremy Kine joins us. What he 
What? He, he's going to call us back in two seconds. Oh, he's not there. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Well, you maybe should have mentioned I that. So, sorry, I thought you saw me take the phone down. That's my fault. That's my fault. My I mean, fault. My, 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 my God. <laughs> All right. Well, if you can find it, then we'll share it, I guess. <laughs> Here's the part of the show where you listen to us search on the internet. It's always one of my favorite parts of doing this is searching on the internet. That is compelling radio. Hang on. Um, MLB Rookie of the Year odds. I'm trying to find him from anywhere. I know. No one no one wants to show him. Well, I, I mean, I get that everybody pulled him down. All right. Uh, for the record, Julio Rodriguez, according to uh, this is VegasInsider.com, Julio Rodriguez was a minus 3,000 favorite mm. to win AL Rookie of the Year. I, I thought that had been locked up some time ago. I think Adley Rutschman, it's amazing he got into the race given the circumstances, but I didn't think there was a, any chance of that whatsoever. Julio Rodriguez, an overwhelming favorite to win rookie of the year and manager of the year mm, who is this coming to us from no this is just a list of candidates from si.com it's not actual odds why can't anybody Nolan Arenado and uh and and then Aaron Judge look like they'll win the MVP uh okay both minus like a, a 10,000 I think really yeah wow that's that is quite overwhelming um this is from jet jet bet I'm not familiar with Jet. Ah, uh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. I don't. I don't. I don't know their work. I. I wholeheartedly. This is just the National League. The hell! <laughs> All right, get. Forget it. Forget it. I tried. I did my best. I tried. I can't tell you what the odds are. I think that there are better odds for uh, Brandon Hyde to win Manager of the Year, but I don't think he's going to win it either. All right. Uh, anyway, we get that announcement tonight. Can we squeeze in a break then before yeah, Jeremy calls? Yeah, Let's yeah, squeeze yeah. in one more break because we are behind, and I apologize for that. Let's squeeze it. No, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Going so well. Oh, it's going so well. All right. We'll t- chat with Jeremy Khan. It is a Monday after all, so we will do that. Uh, he is, of course, our friend from the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. He is Jeremy Khan. And he is with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm good, man. Sorry, I got held up at the doctor's office. Oh, so what's, I had, uh, what's going on? Did you two have fingers inside? I me. was going to say, what'd you have so, to have removed? I mean, like, did you get an eraser up there or, or what? No, I just had to get the two fingers taken out of me. I met some. I met a really nice guy in the waiting room. Ooh, so ooh yeah. seems nice. Was this the first time? <laughs> was this the first time you've done that? Or no, I didn't have. I didn't actually have that done. Oh, I was just kidding. Okay. This was more of a. <laughs> this hey, was man. a blood test. We were just going over how bad my. My news is about my cholesterol, which oh. everything's got to change. Ooh, not great. Not yeah. <laughs> great. By the way, what? what like, no, it it's just a little elevated. It wasn't how, how do you handle that when you know that someone's talking down to you and like you know you're just like, look, man, I I I know. Okay, it's like when the dentist tells me I should floss more. I'm like, yeah, I trust me. I'm aware. I should probably floss more. I got the old water pick. I'm doing a better job. I understand. I don't I don't floss every time I brush. Yeah. I'm sorry. I right. Mean, you have people telling you this all the time, like when your wife says, hey, honey, why don't you wipe better? And I'm like, will you leave me alone? Like, I'm, I'm doing as good a job as I can. You decided you wanted you know? to go visit there. That wasn't my choice. <laughs> <laughs> How would you have ever known? <laughs> oh, man. No, I, that is, it's very uncomfortable for me. I remember being, a, I remember, oh, man, this, uh, this will get dark for a second. I remember being a child and going to my pediatrician, and the first time my pediatrician ever said, like, uh, Glenn, you understand that you have um." You have a little bit more breast tissue than the average, <laughs> the average boy has, and I was just like, "Yeah, what of it? <laughs> like, like, what do you want? What well, do you see, want to I, say back here?" 
I'm glad your doctor was more professional because mine said you have too much titty, and I didn't know what that meant, but now I do. So there's, you no, at least there's, had no, there's no such thing. What do you see talking? <laughs> there's no such thing as too much titty. Never... Like they're like they're like we got to deal with your. Cl-. By the way, the last time I went, so this is a this is a straight shoot. This is how pathetic I am. I did not mm-hmm. have a doctor because I'm like most dudes, right? I'm like if I if there's something wrong with me, I'll know. You know what I mean? Like I'll deal with it that way. It's a terrible thing. And when Cal Ripken announced he had cancer and said, guys, you should go get checked out, much like when I was 10 years old and Cal Ripken said it's important for you to drink milk and eat breakfast every day, and I just did it because I did anything that Cal Ripken told me to do, even still at nearly 40 years old, I said, well, if Cal Ripken says it's time for me to go to a doctor, I I guess I better go find a doctor. So I did, and I go in, and I'm talking to the doctor about how I was a big fatty for a while, but I got my life together, and everything's good. And he's sitting there like, yeah, man, you look great. Um, you know, tests are all coming back great. You know, like, I, I'm really happy with where you are. You got nothing to worry about. And then he hands me a sheet of paper as I'm leaving with, like, a recap, and the first thing is, you're overweight. I'm like, what happened to all that? I'm, what happened to all that? I'm great stuff. What the hell? What kind of passive-aggressive nonsense is this? You can't call me a fatty to my face. Right. You can't just say, yeah. dude, you're still a fatty. Like, you might be not yeah. as fat as you were, but you still have, you know, like you probably eat a bit too much cheese during the week. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of the harsh reality for, like, heavier set people. And you, you end up losing weight, oh. so you want to wear clothes that you never wore before. But to be honest, they still don't fit nope. as well as the bag you're putting. Nope. They're still, so. every, by the way, the one that's driving me nuts is every time I look at a picture, and I'm like, you can see my love handles in every picture. Like, in every picture i take it is incredibly obvious that no matter how much i am gotten in shape the love handle still protrude it's like they're they're screaming at you like hi we're still here we've gone nowhere you big dumb idiots <laughs> well yeah and, and that's that's true too like when you start looking at you start uh, evaluating yourself and you look at all the things you don't like about yourself or but it is weird when you hear it from someone else you ever have a, a friend that's just so honest they're like oh man what's wrong with your teeth you're like what what, the, what are you talking about <laughs> right. is there there's something wrong with them like you know like like not it's just a different shade of yellow oh, it's not the dude, butter yellow I, music. No. I, i've been doing whitening recently right like i've been doing the bleaching thing and i swear to god every time i go in on like, your b-hole yes correct Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, where, that's that's how she knew that I haven't been wiping nearly as well. Uh, <laughs> so, so I'm I, glad we haven't even talked. Uh, I know. Right? Why would we? What the hell are we gonna talk about? So I'm I'm in there recently, and the the dentist says to me, "Dude, like you're you're killing it, man. You're doing an incredible job." And he's like, have, "Has anybody noticed?" And I was like, "Nope." Like he's like, "Nobody said anything." I'm like, "Nope." Not at all. It's like, oh, dude, you're doing a great job. I'm like, I'm starting to think I'm not doing that great of a job. But, no one's doing But you said know what? Anything. I think that that might be the one time, though, where, like, hey, man, is your teeth white? Are you, have you been whitening your teeth? And someone yeah. goes, no. Oh, well, they used to it's be like, really it's, it's like no. It's like the pregnant thing, right? Like, you can't yeah. you yeah. can't say it. Like, you want to Are you pregnant? Yeah, no, I, you look you look great. You look so happy. Yeah. And anything going on in your life that you want to talk about? <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, uh, all right. Well, this is fun. Uh, we'll talk to you next month. <laughs> cool. Hey, no, I, I'm, I'm in. I'm doing your show next. I, by the way, this is where I am in my radio career. I'm 40 years old, and I signed uh-huh. up to work on Thanksgiving morning. That's that's oh, that's how oh. that's how well things have gone for me. By the way, I'm doing Thanksgiving morning. Um, I'm planning on spending the first hour of the show 
talking about what is the most appropriate time for the first beer on Thanksgiving. So you tell me, because to me, and I don't drink anymore, although you and I are going to have, I got to talk to you. Oh, damn it. I'm still behind on that. You and I got to do something next week. Um, yeah. Is it next week already? It really is. It's unbelievable. I, and, 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 and great planning on my part. I got to work. I got to get on that. Um, I am I am truly a believer that Thanksgiving, when, you, when you're a drinking person, is the ultimate drinking. Like, if, they, if there's ever been a day for shower beers, Thanksgiving is yeah. the day for a shower beer, right? Like, like what, are you, what are we doing? What is the appropriate time for the first beer of Thanksgiving? I mean, I probably around that, that first football game, or maybe if you go out and you play a little football in the morning, you crack one afterwards. I 1,000% agree. If, if you're playing yeah. a, thanks, a turkey bowl on Thanksgiving – then it's appropriate to uh, how how do you feel about shower beers in general well i would never be a shower beer kind of guy like i just if i'm being brutally honest like i you know it's not i i drink it like i'm more of a social drinker and i, I don't socially shower so it's, well yeah, by the way <laughs> that's the problem anymore yeah, you ready you, you ready to change that or what <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> did i did i just throw out a lifeline um, um, yeah so I would say I'm not typically your shower beer guy, but I did go out yesterday um, and it was my first time having drinks in a long time. And they just, they absolutely annihilated me because as soon as I showed up, they gave me what I would, what I would call like a, to go, you know, like the to go cups of uh, like coleslaw. If you were getting, if yes. you were taking a platter home and it yes. would be in like a little container, that's what they filled up with Jameson for me as oh my, my first God. shot. God. So it was more like four of the, like four regular shots. And then, and then all of a sudden it was Rumpelman's and bombs and then Ed shows up and apparently I don't remember seeing Ed. I told him I loved him and, um, and then, uh, he left and then I proceeded to tell him the same four stories this morning that I told him yesterday. Well, they're they're probably good stories though. They're probably good. Boy, I would have, I'm so glad you didn't invite me. I would have hated that. That would have been, that would have been really awful. Well, I didn't know when you were coming back from vacation. Didn't you go on vacation? Yeah, I was back last week. It's okay. Don't, 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 don't. That's fine. I'm, 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 I, honest to God, I don't care. I need you to know, I don't care. I was, I spent my day hiking with my sons yesterday. That's the life that I live these days. That's, that's what it's all about for me. And I'm actually happy. That to sounds, think it. it was lovely. That sounds awful to me. No, it was lovely. It was hiking. lovely. My wife used to take my kids hiking all the time. Really? Are, are, okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you don't enjoy hiking at all. No. Okay. I don't enjoy running. Running sucks. Running's the worst thing I hate that ever running happened. Too. Right. I hate running. But even when I was a fat ass, I liked hiking because it wasn't like you were doing something, but it didn't require you to really push all that much. You just, it was just walking uphill. Can I tell you what I don't like about it is that, so the, the, go, the part, the first part of going and walking somewhere and then realizing hey, that was really cool. Now I got to take the same stupid ass route back to my car okay. and then walk back down and see everything I just saw. Okay. So, I yeah, mean, I hear you. I hear you. I don't. I don't know. It's fun. And the kids like it. So, yeah, you know what, man? Yeah. I'm going to keep doing it. I like hiking. Um, all right, fine. Let's talk a little sports, I guess. I'm not, I'm not anti-hiking. It's just not for me. This is, a, this is a good tweet. Wait till you see the tweet that John Proctor just sent us. It's pretty good. It's, uh, it, by the way, I don't know why you wouldn't be a shower beer, man. That, that part, I understand the non-social thing, but I feel like when you know that the day that you're, this was what always the play was, when you know the day that you're about to have socially, to set the tone with a shower beer was always yeah. the play for me. Like, I'm beginning the day. 
I know what day I'm about to have. Let me begin the celebration with a nice shower beer. Yeah, I just, I've never had one, I don't think. I'm wow. trying to think if I've ever gotten up and said, hey, I'm going to you know, have a beer in the shower. What time, um, do you, what time do you shower now? Like 2.30 in the morning? Like what time, what time are you taking showers before, before you've got to be at work at 4 or whatever you've got to do? Yeah, well, I mean, usually like 4.30 or so. And, yeah. then, um, and then on top of it, and I shower twice a day. I'm one of those weird, like I have to, I'm weird. I have to shower or bathe twice a day. Uh, Always. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, I, I guess I do too, though, now I think about it, because I go to the gym. Although I, okay, yeah. never mind, I take that back. I'd like to, if I'm going somewhere afterwards, I shower after the gym. If I'm just going home, I'm like, my kids can deal with my stank. Like, I, yeah. they, I made them. They can deal with the fact that I smell, man. I like just, my, I just don't like that feeling. I always, if I feel dirty, like, I, mean, I might I be get a little it. OCD in that. Yeah. I get it. It's just, if I'm going home, I don't care. If I'm going home, whatever. My, my wife's stuck with me. Like, she can deal with it. This life is going on. All right. You want to talk about, what do you even want to talk about with sport? I don't care. Why is it that wide receivers aren't allowed to be MVP? Why is it that this morning I wake up and people are talking about Kirk Cousins being MVP and nobody says, hey, you know, maybe, maybe the best player on the team should be allowed to be in the MVP conversation. Maybe the guy that won the game yesterday should be allowed to be in the MVP conversation. Why? Because because the the V in MVP is the dumbest thing ever. It's something that we can't uh, we can't figure out what the what's the right mix. Like if I said, hey, uh, who's the most outstanding player? You can give me all these reasons why this guy has this amount of numbers. But when you say value, it's like, well, how do we determine it? What's valuable? And and for whatever reason, we all know quarterbacks are the most valuable player on the field almost every single time, right? There's 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 more money given to them. They get all the blame. They get all the love. All the credit. And then now it, it comes to a situation where we just had a wide receiver have the greatest statistical year any wide receivers ever had right. last year, and he didn't even sniff the MVP. So, right. yes, it's an award that they'll never win moving forward. It's insane. I mean, I, I said the same yeah. thing the, the first year Stephon Diggs was in Buffalo. I'm like, I know what the Bills looked like before Stephon Diggs got here. I watched. They were terrible. And then he got yep. here, and I'm not saying that Josh Allen didn't also get better, but, like, he completely single-handedly changed the course of a franchise's history, and we're not even allowed to talk about it in the conversation of MVP. Like, I, it's so. Like, how can anybody look at the Vikings and not immediately see that one guy is more valuable than the other from watching that football game, and yet that guy's not allowed to be in the equation? We're not. Like if I say it, I'm an idiot for bringing up the idea that maybe Justin Jefferson should be a nominee or a consideration for MVP of the NFL. I think he should be up for MVP just for wearing those Spy Kids glasses. I don't disagree with you that. Know, that's yeah, that's remarkable. Pretty impressive. That's really. I mean, he's he's so fantastic. And I was look it, before I was the number one fan club in the Jamar Chase fan club. I was the number one you know fan of uh, Justin Jefferson, and I screamed about him for. Like, why didn't the Eagles take him? What are you guys doing? You took Jalen Rager. You guys stupid. I mean, it's just, like, I don't get what some of these teams are doing when you, you're evaluating wide receiver talent. We had two of the greatest come from the same team. Yeah. And I can make a case that those guys could be one and two in the league. And I'm here. I, look, I'm listening to you. Cooper Cup had the greatest season of all time last year. Yep. Um, we've got DeAndre Hopkins back now. He looks great. Devontae Adams. Is great. You, can sit, you mentioned Diggs. We could sit here and go on and on and on with great receivers. But, you know, these guys totally change franchises and, and they can't even sniff an MVP, which is so absurd, man. It it's, drives it's, me nuts. It's insanity. It's in, it's, I'll never understand why it is that we've just decided that this is an award that only quarterbacks can win. Like that. It's just 
Sorry. Or, and, it, and it goes, it speaks into, obviously, I think my frustration. I think the two got tied in when I was talking about it earlier. Like, my frustration with how the Ravens have treated the wide receiver position is tied into mm-hmm. the insanity of how we discuss the wide receiver position. Like, we continue, we still have mouth breathers that say that the quarterback should make the wide receivers <laughs> better when we know overwhelmingly it's the exact opposite of that. Like, my yeah. God. Look how we thought that Justin Herbert was the greatest quarterback that ever played. And then he lost his wide receivers. We thought that Tua Tungavailoa was a guy, and then he got the greatest duo of wide receivers. How do we not understand the, the – when we say valuable, I, I can make the argument the wide receiver is more valuable than quarterback. Yeah, and then we've had people, too, that go, well, the Ravens don't need a number one receiver because they're run first, which right. to me is just wholly inaccurate. Because like, if you're a run first team and you have a number one receiver on the outside – that means they have to choose. Am I doubling the receiver or am I stacking the box? No because doubt. You cannot do both. What do you do? You can't do both. What do yeah. you do at that point? It, it's, I, it's You understand that running teams throw the ball sometimes, too. When people say that, like, well, they, they're just a running team. Like, you know they're still going to throw the ball 25 times, right? Like, it's... And, and you, like, when you look at the catch that Justin Jefferson made yesterday, Jesus which Christ. is just absurd, that should have been an interception, and everybody screams that Kirk Cousins should be in the MVP consideration, unless he's going to play any primetime games. I mean, he's Obviously. wonderful at 1 o'clock, but in primetime games, he sucks. But the, the, the funny thing is, like, people will say that and not even acknowledge the guy that made one of the most amazing catches we'll see this year. So, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it does boggle the mind. Like, why couldn't a tight end win? Why can't a defensive end win? I mean, you if, know, like, if they're that good, if they're that valuable, and I don't know how anybody's watched the Vikings and thought that Justin Jefferson wasn't that guy. With no offense to Kirk, I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins. To your point, 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins might be the greatest quarterback in the history of football. Um, but Kirk Cousins has been good. Justin Jefferson has been otherworldly. Has been yeah. insane. Ah, it's a, uh, well, and it's it's like my biggest gripe too with the Heisman because I've said for years the Heisman usually goes to a really good player on a really good team. Right that it doesn't always go to the best player in college football because, oh, his team may have lost two games. Well, right. did he do everything he possibly could? You know, like, did he did he play his ass off? What were his numbers? Those are the only things we have to go by when we're judging these players. But people love to throw wins in there, which that's part of the reason. But, like, you can only judge an individual on what he did in the team sport. You know, it's – I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a weird thing, and I've always hated that flex of, oh, it's got to be a guy from a winning team. And, like, we were talking this year about the whole Otani versus Judge debate. At least in baseball, pitchers have won the, uh, you know, they, they've won the MVP. We've seen relief pitchers do it. Hell, we've, we've seen every position. But for whatever reason in football, it's always got to come down to the quarterback. That's a fact. It's, I don't know why. I'll never understand it. I'll, it will be here for forever, and I'll still I'll be screaming into a void, or you and I will be screaming into a void. Uh, yep. All right, anything else? I don't even know what you got. What, 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 it, like, this is the bye week thing, man. It's like yeah. I, I just – so I saw Black Panther this weekend. Did you I, see it? I don't want to talk about it. We didn't have anybody to watch the kids on Saturday night, so we have not seen it. i got to wait till next weekend to see it. Well, my dad used to say, you got a closet, you got a babysitter. That's true. I'll let you know. That's a great That's what my dad used to say, and, <laughs> and do. And look at how you turned out. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Um, I, I have I've over, overwhelmingly positive uh, is, is the reviews that I've seen. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was well done. Um, it's it's really good. I, I don't. Once you see it, I, there's something I want to talk about because it's something I hate right. that Marvel's kind of right. done here recently. 
Um, and if I'm not mistaken for anybody that's going to see it, there's only the one post credit scene that really starts before the, the credits really get going. Oh, so okay. All right. if I'm not mistaken, cause like when I was reading it online, I'm like, Oh, so there's only this one thing. So I watched that and then we left. Okay. But, um, yep. but yeah, it was, uh, it was entertaining and they did a nice job, like tribute to like Chadwick. And I, cool. I thought they just, they, the, the whole story they built around it was really well done. Is anybody a jerk if they talk to me about it? Like, if, am I the a-hole here, like, because I didn't see it in the first week? Like, if somebody talks to me about it this week, am, are, are they in the clear because I had my opportunity and I failed? No, I don't think people should be bringing up spoilers for, for a long period of time, especially if you know somebody hasn't seen it. But, I, that's tough you know, to they, me, man, because I feel like something like this, there's got to be an amount of time where, like, we say, dude, you had your opportunity. If you haven't yet, what are we doing here? Yeah, but I think you still got to give it a few weeks before you start talking. Like people would love to go on social media and post the ending. The shows are like, oh my god, I can't believe they just killed this person. I'm seeing right. memes from um, the House of the Dragon, the, the ending of the the last episode. I'm like, good god, man, let it breathe a little bit. Some people are going to power watch it at the very end, and but you know, everybody's got to be first to tell you what happened. Did you watch um, Welcome to Wrexham, by the way? Well, no, I haven't. Is it good? I didn't. I it, it wasn't something that interested me, but enough people told me like you need to spend time with it, and it's you know it it's what it is. Like I'm not, I'm never gonna care about shows like that the way that I care about scripted shows, but it really is a damn good time, man. Like it's a okay. fun show, and those two guys are so goddamn charming. Like yeah, they're it's, so likable. Oh, they're so insanely likable that it just keeps you. I, I think the story of the town is more compelling, but what they mm-hmm. add in their charm and their, their humor and their wit, like, you just want to... Like, how could I possibly be more in love with Ryan Reynolds? You know what I mean? Like, how is it... He's the, he's the most lovable human being I've ever I've come across in my life. Damn it, man. Oh, it drives me... Yeah, I just want to pick him up and put him in my pocket. That's what I'm saying. Oh, forever. God, yeah. I'm so jealous of his wife. How good is Deadpool three going to be? Oh, it's a, of course. Wait, did they ever figure out what's going on with him and T.J. Miller? Like, are they? Are they? Remember, you, like T.J. Miller, like utterly trashed him. Like, and then yeah, I don't know if he's and so he wasn't supposed to be in the next one, right? I think that's the story. And now I don't like. They, yeah. I feel like there was an update. Like they they figured out they could make it work or something like that. I don't know. It was a very weird story where T.J. Miller was just like going after Ryan Reynolds for and he's like the most beloved human on the face of the planet. Or like, dude. Even if you're right, I hate you. Like, this is the thing. Yeah. I've decided yeah, I love this guy, so forget it. Your points are irrelevant. We had T.J. Miller in town. He performed at Magoobies, and he came into our uh, our show and hung out, and he kind of did like a almost like a vaudeville act uh, a little bit. There was some That's juggling weird. with uh, with oranges and taking a bite out of them, like apples. And, I mean, it was, it, yeah, he did all kinds of weird stuff. He, he's actually a performer. I thought he was fairly funny with okay. some of his comedy. But there was a lot of like, um, I mean, look, he just died, but uh, he wasn't quite Gallagher. But there was a lot of like uh, moments like that where it's like, hey, let me show you this. And then what he does is fun. All right. Instead of actually a joke. Give me in in studio. Give me your best. You know what? Just of comedians, actors, studio, over the phone, whatever. Your best and your worst. Uh, Steve-O is probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Um, he was just fun. He brought his dog yeah. in. He hung out and talked to us afterwards. I thought uh, Craig. Oh, um, Craig. Um, uh, my God, the, the from the office. Yeah, Craig Robinson's Craig Robinson. unbelievable. Oh Craig my Robinson God. told me he said anytime he comes to Baltimore, if I want to open up for him, just to shoot him a message, and oh he'd let me open up. God, for him. man. 
one of the coolest guys, and we, we talked about all kinds of stuff. Um, worst in studio? I mean, I, I have a couple that where, like, Ric Flair was terrible when he came in and we interviewed him, and then we got off the air, and he was the most fun human being you could ever want to be. Really? Hear. Really? Yeah. And it, so it wasn't disappointing, but I'm like, man, we're on TV and radio, and he's not being Ric Flair. He's just kind of answering questions oh. like a normal interview where you thought oh. he'd, he'd tell some great stories. Oh, yeah. gross. Gross. And Jake the Snake put me in a DDT and told me I had to eat his ass. I didn't think that was fair. Okay, but how was it eating his ass? <laughs> well, <you> didn't, <laughs> I didn't know we were going to go down this road. How, how was his wiping? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to not eat right. Jake the Snake's ass if he asked you. No, he put me in a DDT and said, I'm not letting you go until you lick. And I'm like, God, I had, it. I think it was I think it was 08. I had, uh, we had Craig Robinson in studio in Phoenix when I was out there, and... <laughs> I don't know why I, I I asked him if he would I literally I, this is so hack I just said dude would you say the thing and he looked at me he's like what thing and I realized that I was an idiot and my all of my friends were obsessed with the line in was it knocked up where he's like I can't be having a bunch of old pregnant bitches running around up in here like we were all obsessed with it like we would say Poor it man. to each other yeah. all the time. But it was just us. Like, nobody else was obsessed with that line the way that we were. <laughs> and because I was an idiot, I was 25. I was wildly unqualified to be doing the job I was doing. I sat there with Craig Robinson like, dude, I, would you say the thing? And he just looked at me like, what thing? What are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> like, what do you mean the hey, thing? He, he was super cool. Oh, man. he was Tell great. He was great. Yeah. 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 But, like, so. I, I was a dope. I'm like, right. I'm, uh, I had a terrible Tracy Morgan. I had a terrible Tracy Morgan. Like I brought up the story that like the the Tracy Jordan character was was written in a way to allow it to be Tracy Morgan, which was a story that, you know, was kind of out there and he essentially called me a racist. And I oh, said wow. I don't think we're going to be able to go much further with this. <laughs> I think this you is going to. I think that yeah. this is. And it wasn't funny. It wasn't a joke. Like, it got really awkward. I mean, really uncomfortable really quickly. And I just said. Well, I can't mention the actor's name, but there was an actor that was going around doing, I guess you'd say, a one man show, some stand up comedy. And he came to the station, was like uh, totally like out of it. Like, looked like he was just. He, he, he slept an hour and a half. Okay. And didn't look like he wanted to be there. The interview ended up being cool, but that's because he went into the bathroom and snorted coke off of our ah, bathroom uh, safe. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how you know it's good. That's how you know it's good. Yeah. My my one seed for sure, Ron Jeremy. I could talk to Ron Jeremy. Oh, no, I think he's a creep. I think we found out he's a piece of crap now. But yeah, dude, he was a piece of crap. Oh, damn it. I think all of my best interviews were with garbage humans. Ron Jeremy was a great interview. Legendarily, Bill Cosby did an hour with me. An hour. Gave me his phone numbers and call anytime. And then it turns out we didn't use that. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it really sucked. <laughs> Let me tell you about the Spanish oh, God. Yeah, so. All right, what's, uh, what's coming up on uh, the Big Bag Morning Show this week? Well, Rob's back tomorrow, so all three of us will be in there all week long. Uh, shenanigans leading into two very winnable games, the next two for the Ravens, where, uh, as I said, if they got through that portion of the schedule, they could start stacking these Ws. Just need to see Cincinnati take a couple Ls, and I think this could be smooth sailing to a home playoff game for the Ravens, but we shall see. So we'll be talking a lot about that and the Orioles offseason. Picks every day at uh, PressBoxOnline.com. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 on Twitter. Love you, buddy. I promise I'll be in touch. We'll make some plans for next week, all right? It's- Sounds good, man. It's Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan. I don't know what we did there, but it was fun. We'll come back in. We'll dish out our pats on the ass the first half of the Ravens season. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. 
Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college park and how he plans to get the program turned around also inside we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area and bo smoker profiles ravens receiver devin duvernay press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn. Over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus some restrictions apply plus a great retirement plan medical dental and vision insurance advancement to specialized units tuition reimbursement 15 sick days earned per calendar year and even further incentives for military members and veterans if you have a passion for service and want a career for life visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542 you must be a united states citizen possess a valid driver's license and have a high school diploma or ged equivalent the baltimore county police department is an equal opportunity employer If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Best place to watch and bet. Oh, how'd your uh, UFC? Um, I don't remember what your bet was. Not, Not good. It I don't was, even remember how the fight ended. The so I had so I picked. Or oh, you had. I, I, that's right. I picked two, two both fights. I got both of my UFC picks wrong that I shared on the show. Well, yeah, um, but the one that when we did for um, Izzy got knocked out in the fifth round. Right, right. Yes, I did see that. Yes, it's very disappointing. Yeah, similar to yeah. the uh, kind of the, the Kamaru Usman and uh, Leon Edwards a couple that's weeks right. ago, where that's he was right. cruising to a decision, just as I said, and then but, he uh, gets freaking knocked out. Well, got bad news. Got to put the hat back on. Or the, okay. the 
Yeah. I only went one for two this week because the, the freaking Lions, man. <laughs> that was stunning. But I did. Uh, I hit that Notre Dame over in the first half, which is good because they didn't score any more points the rest of the way. I was like, you know, the only good thing about the being down 35-13 is that I hit that Notre Dame over of 27 and a half or whatever it was, and then they stopped scoring. So I still got it. I still got that over on Notre Dame. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that one. All right. Uh, I think I went 0 for, 0 for 4 on my uh, gratuitous grouping. Ooh, yeah. boy. Yes. That is rough scene. Yeah. Rough scene. Yep. All right, the best place to watch and bet on every sporting event is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Um, great week of football on tap. World Cup starts next Sunday. And you're going to be able, even if the sportsbook is not open yet, and they're going to be doing some things with hours for the World Cup, but even if the sportsbook is not open for those early morning matches, you will still be able to use the self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook, and they will make sure they have the games on the 100-foot media wall for you to hang out, watch, and bet on the World Cup in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right, uh, let's get into Pats on the Ass for the first half of the season. Five Ravens, again, rank them from 5-1. to one. Same thing as always, two offensive players, two defensive players. I will begin my number five. Um, Justin Matabike is my number five, and... Like I was struggling. It's funny because I was struggling with my second uh, defensive player for the list, and it's not because I didn't think there weren't good candidates. Because I thought they were all kind of like I, you know, Marlon Humphrey's been really good for a certain number of games. Marcus Williams was great, but only played in a few games. Like Patrick Queen has clearly come on um, in the last few weeks, big time. Roquan Smith for one game was was magical, but there just wasn't the consistency there that I was looking for for another candidate. And I just think that Matabike has been consistently good for nine games. Maybe not world-changing. I always, I know there's this this thing going on on Ravens Twitter right now where, like, people use Aaron Donald's name in the same sentence as Justin Matabike, and it's become shtick in a certain way. Like, how can I figure out a way to put them in the... People get very mad if you say his style of play reminds me of Aaron Donald, then you get back... What are you saying? Nobody's Aaron Donald. Like I wasn't saying that. I was only saying his style of play reminds me of Aaron Donald. It's there's become this like Aaron Donald Justin Matabike meme that's been going on, on on Ravens Twitter for a few weeks. I think Justin Matabike has been really good. I think he's been really good for the totality of the nine games. So in struggling to come up with a second defensive um, candidate for this list, I ultimately decided to go with him just because of the consistency. So Justin Matabike is my number five. Uh, my, my two defensive players I went with I thought were no-brainers. They're higher up on the list. My number five was uh, Justin Tucker. Um, I mean, fine with he's, it. Yeah, I mean, he is a – we were talking about the game-changers on this team. I mean, he's a kicker, but he is the best. And you, you, never, you never worry when he comes out onto the field. And he's won us games. He'll probably continue to do that. And uh, – doesn't talk to number five. Nine number four is Ronnie Stanley. Um, a lot to do with what our expectation level was, and as it turns out, he's been better. Um, he's been just awesome since he came back on the field. He has been Ronnie Stanley, which I think a lot of us – I mean, we're not that far removed from thinking that maybe Ronnie Stanley might never play again and certainly not being convinced that he could ever be Ronnie Stanley again. Well – Dude, he's Ronnie Stanley again. Like, he's that good. Um, Ronnie Stanley's my number four. 
Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I did not have Stanley on mine, but I mean, definitely a good argument for him. I had and Mark Andrews as my number four. Uh, I mean, he's one of the top tight ends in the league. The defenses have to know where he is at all times on the field, um, and and he is one of those difference makers that we talk about. Uh, so I, I mean, we have been able to win without him on the field, which is great. But I think when he's they're an exponentially better team when he is on the field. So Mark Andrews is my number four. I mean, he's my number three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. He's Mark Andrews. I don't know what else there is to say. He's Mark Andrews. He's my number three. Uh, my number three, Chuck Clark. I went with Chuck Clark as my uh, second okay. defensive player. I, I think, I mean, he's been... Somebody I considered. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a good option. He's been one of the top tacklers on the team. I, he, he, his, he's a leader on the field. I mean, he wears the green dot. He stepped up while Marcus Williams is out. Um, and uh, and then, you know, even you know hearing what Ty said a couple weeks ago about, about yeah, him. Yeah, it's pretty him. emotional. So, yep. Chuck Clark, my number three. My number two is Lamar. Much like he was number two on my list of slaps, he's number two on my list of pats. I mean, I he's for the most part, he's been outstanding. There have been moments, unfortunately, where he hasn't been outstanding, and that was the reason why he made the other list. But for the most part, he's been outstanding. He's my number two. My number two was Justin Houston. I had Justin Houston as my number two, and so my number one yeah. was Lamar Jackson. And, I had Lamar as my one. And Justin one Houston is my number one just because I – this is ins- it's purely insane. I mean, it's absolutely insane what's going on with Justin Houston this season. All right, continue to get me yours. We'll share them throughout the day at Glenn Clark Radio. And, again, we'll get these up at glennclarkradio.com here momentarily. Um, Proctor says uh, number five. Oh, I was looking at his oh, list. Okay. I was looking at something he sent me. Oh, okay. Spoilers should be kept internal as long as possible, given that we're still dealing with COVID. And I'd say two to three weeks after streaming release. Jesus Christ. People are going to forget about the movie. What? What? I mean, r- I, I said two to three weeks after I feel theater. Like, I feel like for these types, I think it, it depends on if it's a movie or a show that is wildly or widely is what I'm trying to say, widely anticipated w- and watched. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, if you're waiting a month to see Black Panther, you don't care all that much. You just don't. I, I got it. No, man. Like, you, you're just. You you can take the spoilers at that point if you're waiting a month. I I'd still the number of weeks I'm not sure, and I also think it's different for like movies or shows that don't have the same amount of buzz. That maybe it's more organic. Like some people went out and saw it, saw it was really good. People started discussing it. Like you might need to wait a little while for something like that. Like I, I'll give you an example: a Squid Game when that was a thing. Nobody was anticipating Squid Game. Nobody knew that it was coming. Nobody knew that it was a thing. You needed to wait much longer on that because there was far more of a, hey, we got to, people are just figuring out what this thing is. But when the last season of Ozark came out, everybody knew. Everybody on the planet was aware the last season of Ozark was dropping. Everybody was talking about it. So if you were a month gone from from that and you hadn't watched Ozark, it's because you just didn't care all that much. I'll get around to it when I get around to it. You were aware. You knew it was out there. It just wasn't a priority for you. So you can't be that crushed if someone accidentally or someone's, you know, you happen to be tweeting and someone sends out a spoiler. Like, you can't, you clearly don't care that much. That's the way that I feel about it with spoilers. Like, I don't think it's, I I don't think it's the weekend. I do think that Jeremy's right. You got to wait a little bit longer. But if it's something that everybody's anticipating, that everybody's been thinking about for a long time, and we get a few weeks in and you haven't seen it, we know the answer. You don't care. So if you get spoiled, that's on you. You, you don't care. If you cared more, you would have gone out and seen it. That's my, that's my take. 
That's my take. It's fair. Um, uh, he says, it takes zero effort not to post S online or just to ask, have you seen it yet? In conversation, okay, I can see where it's different. Like, in conversation, saying, well, have you watched it yet? But, like, s- tweeting out, like, I'd like to talk about the Ozark finale, you know, something like that. Like, come on, man. Or, again, a couple weeks later, trying to make a joke that references a spoiler in a show or in a movie. It's on you. You you're, you did... I, and somebody did this to me recently. I or Somebody did this to me once where I made a joke about how something ended. They were like, cool, I, it's not like I wasn't planning on watching it. I'm like, bro, that movie came out 10 years ago. I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> Jesus. Right, stand by. Come back in. We'll get a tidbit too, but to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5544. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. 
Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Today's show also brought to you by the print issue of Press Box, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It's Kevin Willard on the cover. He sat down with Stan the Fan Charles and I for a great conversation. Really enjoyed our sit-down with uh, Kevin Willard uh, about the job that he took over as the new head coach at the University of Maryland. Also, you can meet Division One men's and women's players from throughout the state inside this new print issue of PressBox, which is available right now. Tidbit is brought to you today by... Well, this is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Online sports betting just days away from starting here in the state of Maryland. PressBox is your source for the best offers and sign-up incentives starting right now. You can get $300 worth of pre-registration credit plus other incentives by going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now for $300 and more in pre-registration bonus credits. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. All right, Christian Watson had three receiving touchdowns yesterday <sighs> against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and this was this is irrelevant, but he is the second rookie to ever have three receiving touchdowns against the Cowboys, uh, really? all time. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of someone tweeted that out, but I was like, yeah, I don't share. But it inspired my other my real tidbit, which is he became the sixth uh, receiver. Randy Moss was the other one to score three touchdowns against uh, the Cowboys, by the way, as huh. a rookie. How about that? Um, but inspired my actual tidbit question, which is Christian Watson became the sixth. Uh, wide rookie wide receiver to score three touchdowns, receiving touchdowns in a game uh, in the past 21 years. Can you name the other five that have scored three receiving, had three receiving touchdowns, receiving touchdowns in a game as a rookie? Didn't Torrey have a three touchdown game against the Rams? You would be correct. It was, where? yep, against the Rams on uh, September 25th. 2011. So if I remember correctly, he was kind of struggling the first couple weeks of the season. And there were some people like, you know, and then he just came to life. Um, that's the problem. I mean, I remember that one because I remember that yeah. one. Like, I was there, you know? Like, uh, so the rest of them are from that point to now. Between now, between now and that really? point. Yeah. So, right. then, so there's four, so more, four more between Jamar now. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, last season, January 2nd. It's actually earlier this year, January 2nd, 2022, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Three touchdowns. Certainly don't remember it. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson did not have three touchdowns. That and scrub, again, he yeah. sucks. Oh, sorry. Pro- Proctor is guessing. Literally guessed Tory and then he guessed Jamar Chase. Ah. Good job. Good job, Proctor. Sorry, John. Sorry, sorry buddy. Um, since that point... Uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is correct. In 2018 against the Saints, which the Saints have let up three players have actually done that to the Saints. Damn. Damn. Which is more than the Uh, Mike Evans? Mike Evans did not have three touchdowns as a rookie in a game. I was thinking, let's stay in the NFC South if the Saints are the ones letting them all (laughs) up, but I guess that's not it. Yeah, the other two, so... DeAndre Hopkins. Two. Uh, Not DeAndre Hopkins. Proctor wants a Keenan Allen guess in there. Keenan Allen is not on the list. There's two more. There are two more. All right, we got it. Uh, Both uh, between 2016 or uh, no 2014 and now. Uh, Proctor says Odell Beckham. 
Odell Beckham in 2014, December. So it's just all Washington. LSU guys, is what you're saying. <laughs> nothing LSU and Maryland. The last as, every, guy, as everybody knows, the two true <laughs> wide receiver U's, LSU and Maryland. The last guy is not LSU. <laughs> is he Maryland? He is not Maryland. Ah. Not LSU, not Maryland. And when was it? It was 2020. 20, so 2020 rookie receiver. So last year was Jamar Chase. So the 2020 rookie receivers would have been, oh God, uh, uh, Terry McLaurin. Not Terry McLaurin. DK Metcalf. Not DK Metcalf. Was DK DK was 2019. He's 2019. Yeah, but DK not on the list. Um, I guess wasn't DK the same year as Terry McLaurin? So I'm doing the because they were the same year as who else was in the 2020 rookie class? It was Hollywood. 2020 rookie receivers were Justin Jefferson. Oh right. Okay. Hang on a second. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Justin Jefferson. You want another hint or not? No. Would that have been Jerry Judy? Not Jerry Judy. But but uh, I think right class, but not. CD Lamb. Not CD Lamb. God. He was. Well, you want to tell you what round he was drafted in? No. Okay. Shut up. Uh, who else is in that class? T. Higgins? Not T. Higgins. Right, I don't know. Notre Dame wide receiver. Second round draft pick. Oh, Chase Claypool? Chase Claypool. At four total, three of them were receiving touchdowns against the Eagles in October of 2020. I don't remember that at all. You don't, don't remember when remember he went nuclear? Don't remember it. Don't. <laughs> Um, Tyreek Hill also had three total touchdowns, but not all three were receiving in 2016. Ah. Uh, Tavon Austin in his rookie year with the Rams in 2013 had two receiving touchdowns and a return touchdown for three total. All right. yeah. Very good. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by the all-new Gensu Kamado Grill. Again, Ravens back at home this Sunday, and you get the opportunity to come experience some cooking from the Gensu Kamado Grill. GinsuGrills.com is always the website for you to get your order in. You can use, save $100 when you use the code TAILGATE, but stop by the Game Day Firehouse, the Firefighters Union Hall, 1202 Ridgely Street, just west of the stadium, this Sunday, and sample some Ginsu Kamado Grill cooking and enter to win your own and $500 worth of grilling meats. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Week 10 wraps up as the Eagles take on the Commanders. No Mannings tonight, I guess. Just on ESPN at 8.15. Hoops tonight. Princeton and UMBC at 6 on Masson. Masson is airing that game with our buddy Gary Stein on the call. CoppinStateSports.com for Navy and Coppin State. A good local matchup tonight at 7. Everything else, you can go to GlennClarkRadio.com. Towson basketball 3-0. That's right. Big wins on the road against UMass and Penn. Nice start to the season. Uh, NBA tonight, uh, Thunder Celtics, 7.30 on NBA TV. Of course, the Rookie of the Year announcement is at 6 on MLB Network. Do not think it will be Adley Rutschman, but, you know, I, I guess crazier things have happened. Who knows? You only, I think it's only a specific group of 30 people, so if you found the right 30 people. Maybe you can't read somebody's or, handwriting. Or the right anything? 16 people that all just happen to share the same opinion, whereas everybody else thought it was Julio. Uh, ATP finals continue on the Tennis Channel, the USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Not a whole lot uh, going on on a Monday night. Uh, the Good Doctor, new episode of that. He's episode good, 100. Good Doctor, as Kyle used to say. <laughs> yeah. Episode 100 of The Good Doctor at 10 ah. o'clock on uh, ABC. What are, what are we doing to celebrate? Uh, I'm telling you about it. Jeremy went to his doctor, which was <laughs> weird. <laughs> Michelle Obama's going to be on Stephen Colbert. 
Uh, Jonathan Majors will be on James Corden. Okay. Um, Bruce Springsteen is going to be on Fallon, I think, like multiple nights this oh, week. Oh, yeah, I think he's doing all week. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth will be on Kimmel. Um, and then so what is this Chris Hemsworth show that they're doing where yeah. he's going to like die or something? <laughs> it's called Limitless, and it's okay. going to be on Disney Plus, I think, Wednesday. All right. And so he's just, yeah, he's doing crazy things, sure. like jumping out of helicopters in cold, freezing water and seeing how far he can, his limits are. Guy, good for Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, Stutz is a documentary coming out on Netflix. Jonah Hill, he made a film about his therapist. His name was Stutz. Okay. And so it's it's supposed to be like kind of, you know, a very mental health, like awareness kind of thing. He's he's very excited about it because it was just kind of like a passion project for him, I guess. Yeah, but he doesn't then, do interviews anymore. Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill said he wouldn't do, like he wasn't going to do any promotion for anything. Okay. Like, well, so this, because this is the, the... And he said it was related to his own mental health, and I was mm. just like, okay. Well, he said Stutz is, uh, Stutz is his guy. He really likes him. All right. Um, and then Teletubbies, they're doing a reboot. Oh, why? On why? Netflix. Why? 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 <laughs> Although everyone I knew had the uh, cover of the Rolling Stone that had Britney Spears holding a Teletubby. I don't know why. I don't know why that was ever a thing. Well, it's back, we baby. We all had that one. Teletubbies is back. Very good. Thanks, everybody at uh, Pressbox. All of our great. Oh, wait, do I do that or do I thank the guests? I normally thank the guests first, don't I? How about thanks to Jeremy Kahn, thanks to Jeff Perlman, thanks to Jonas Schaefer. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Fonte Leach will join us tomorrow. We will continue our 10th uh, uh, anniversary celebration. We'll do that. Um, we might end up double dipping this week. We'll see. Um, but we're going to do that tomorrow with Vontae Leach. And do we know about Ken yet? Uh, no, I was going to text him after the show. Just so. why, why wouldn't we do it during the show to make sure know. that we could You're confirm? Right. That would be all right. So there is that. Uh, anyway, I mean, he said he would. I, would, I trust things. him. He's a reliable yes, but, guy. But it's something we had two and a half hours to. You know, it's, you're right. You're right. You're right. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Costas Inn, Baltimore area Chick Fil A restaurants, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialists, the All New Ginsu Kamado Grill, your local Toyota dealer, BuyAToyota.com. Don't forget the Tyus Bowser Show tomorrow night. Mother's North Grill in Timonium, brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great 8's memorabilia. We will see you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, for the Tyus Bowser Show. Hopefully we will know today who Tyus' special guest is, and if we do, we will try to share it with you, who he will be joining him at uh, Mother's North Grill. But I would just make plans to come out and hang out tomorrow night for the Tyus Bowser Show. All right, thanks uh, to uh, Griffin, at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Go local hoops um, with either Navy or Coppa State. Go UMBC. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.